Welcome to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. I am here with probably, it might be the, my, my most repeat guest mm. since we've started like a, over a year and a half ago. Okay. Uh, I'm here with one of the people who have dominated the media sphere in terms of especially new media, brought us um, great interviews, but also changed how people have viewed content and even viewed the dissemination of content and also viewed the entire game of independent media. I call him the godfather of independent media. Some people might know him as the guy behind the camera, the voice behind the camera. I got him on camera today. I'm here with the legendary DJ Vlad. What an intro. Thank you. Yo, I'm trying to get Thank my sway intros I on, know. Your, your intros are... Top notch. Leveling up. Yo, first yeah. of, first and foremost, my man Vlad came out here dressing to impress. Mm. Yo, a lot of you motherfuckers, I don't know why they think Vlad. By the way, Vlad, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I think you leveling up, not only in business, but you've been leveling up your look, like, inspiring. And 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 I, th I think being a leader in this space is very important that that happens. Um How's how's lifestyle these days? How, how how are you how are you living? How different is it from I don't know two thousand and eight Vlad? Ooh, totally totally different. Mm. Totally totally different. Um, I've exceeded my expectations. I'll, I'll be honest. I, you know, you always hope that you'd get to a certain point, but I didn't think I was going to be here by this time. I'm happy that I am, but uh, you know, you got to think by two thousand eight, I had been trying to do different things in the hip hop space since two thousand two when I moved to New York, really since 2001, when I started becoming a DJ full time. So yeah, man, just a lot of grinding, a lot of trying things that didn't work out from, you know, DJing clubs to, to mixtapes, to DVDs, to all types of different side projects that I tried along the way to, to Vlad TV finally sticking. And, you know, it's now 15 years later. Yeah, very impressive. I mean, um, I feel like there's so much for, and I think we always talk about kind of the state of media and kind of like a mm -hmm. few things we've been going through recently though. I'm going to yeah. be honest, Vlad. Yeah. A lot of, you've been in the conversation, I think for probably one of the biggest moments I think we've had uh, in a while. And, and and maybe I won't say just like, you know, mainstream level, but like the people who are tuned into content mm. and there's a whole like just group and demographic of people who their mainstream is us, right? They go to Vlad TV, no matter who you have on, yeah. that's their mainstream news. And they go to me for whatever I'm talking about. That's their mainstream news. Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest stories that happened a while, the BTB Savage thing, yeah. man. Yeah, rest in peace, BTB Savage. Rest in peace to the to the victim uh, in that, that robbery that happened. And uh, just a sad situation overall. Very sad. I'm. I was in disbelief until after everything unfolded. Yeah. About just how serious and how real and and how in real time shit was. Yeah. First and foremost, because you know, there's a lot of people with questions and you know, inquiring minds are going to ask. Mm -hmm. How did you even encounter BTB Savage? Sure. Okay. So so the story of this rapper out of San Antonio surviving a like a home invasion robbery was making its rounds. You probably saw it as well, mm -hmm. right? I, I wasn't familiar with BTB Savage. I wasn't familiar with his music, but the story itself was starting to circulate. So um, we started DM each other and, you know, I told him, hey, I'm glad you're okay, number one. Uh, me personally, you know, I've, I've touched on the story before, you know, with Boosie and, and a couple other people. Uh, I survived a home invasion. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you've told pieces of it, but pieces like- of it, yeah. 
we never really know. We never knew when it happened. And like, yeah, it happened around two thousand and five, maybe mm. two thousand five, two thousand six. If I were to, you know, I'd have to look it up again. But yeah, right around that time, um, staying at a girl's house who I had met. You know, it was like our second date, middle of the night. She woke me up, said someone's at my window. I'm not realizing that we're on a second story uh, condo and the window she's referring to is a balcony. There's a balcony behind that window. So how was someone there? I go to the to the window and I pull back the curtain and there's a guy staring at me on the balcony. Does he have a weapon? What's that? Does he have a weapon? Or I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know yet, but I'm like a, you know, like a deer in the headlights. You know, you don't expect something like that. Uh, so he attacks me and jumps in through the window. She like runs out and leaves me to die, basically. And this is her spot, right? This is her spot. Holy yeah. Shit. So, <clears throat> you know, with um, without getting into too many details, it, it turned into a really bloody, violent situation that I managed to walk away from. You know what I'm saying? Fortunately. Fortunately. Yeah. I mean, I still have cuts on my hand and my eyes from that night, but really? Yeah. But I walked away and he didn't walk away essentially um you know so you know although he did survive you know let me just put that out there um but that that situation changed my life in terms of how I view things and, and the way I approach people and how I, I handle my fear and, and and so forth um you know when you go through something like that and you survive it gives you a different way of looking at the world you know what I mean? Because I felt like I was going to die that night because he was acting like he had a gun. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And he was asking me if I was ready to die and, and those types of things. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. so being able to ultimately walk away from that by, through violence, basically, um, I just looked at things a little differently and I don't get scared of threats or tough talk or whatever else because I've, I've been there before. You know what I mean? So saying that, when it comes to people who've been through similar situations like that, I have sort of a kind of a special place in my heart for people who survive home invasions and, and so forth. Remember, like, um, you know, I did the interview with, oh, man. Um, you did with Draco. Um, Draco. Well, the Soldier Boy situation, uh, for, uh, Ben Jay from the New Boys. Mm. Remember, he killed a guy that was yeah, trying yeah. to rob him. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so there, there's been multiple, you know, and then I just recently did one with Hurricane Chris, mm -hmm. who just uh, beat a second degree murder charge. It, you know what I'm saying? So so I have sort of a, a special place in my heart to people who protect their homes and people who have attacks done in their home and manage to walk away from it. I think a lot of people feel the same. Yeah. yeah you know, I've had even, a personal experience with it, yeah, is what I'm saying. Well, obviously, at a personal experience, but, yeah. but even like, for example, somebody like Pop Smoke, like we yeah. all think about the Pop Smoke situation, yeah. where it's like, the place you probably feel the most comfortable, even though it was in an Airbnb, you, you yeah. still feel like you're you're in a safe place where you're going to lay your head. Yeah. You feel protected, but then something else happens and it's going crazy. I think that's why the B2B Savage story was a little bit, you know, yeah, like the audacity of the story. Yeah, yeah. So, so we started to, to DM each other and... Um, you know, I asked him if he was interested in doing an interview, and he said, absolutely, this is, you know, this is going to be bigger than Soldier Boy. You know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, cool. And it even got to the point, like, because I think he had changed his number because we had contacted him, and then, like, a little time had passed, and he hit me back. He's like, hey, man, like, 
do, do, you know, I still want to do it. I'll, I'll pay you. I'll pay you to do the interview. And I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's cool. Like, we just couldn't really? contact you. It's still going to happen. So, so we did the interview. And um, before the interview started, like, I didn't know the whole story. Right. It was I didn't, you know, realize that his girlfriend was there and was involved in it. So we kind of before the interview started, he kind of went through the whole story from beginning to end just so I could have like a, a blueprint for it. And I'm like, OK, cool. I got the story. So he basically retold the same story again on camera. And I just want to point out that I, I was having, you know, after it came out, there was accusations that I had cut out. Yeah, I see part, part of the interview. Right. I, I, did I come from the mother or whatever? They're like, oh, yes. it was a music interview, and it you was, just entered. Like, it, it, it was, it was the mother. And, and let me just say this: um, my extreme condolences to BTB Savage's mother. I cannot imagine what it's like to lose a child, to have to bury your twenty-six-year-old son. You know, as a mother, I, I can't even comprehend it. And I, I know that she's going through her own thing, and. You know, people deal with pain in their own type of way, but but the accusations of we were doing the interview and BTB Savage said, "Hey man, uh, I don't want to talk about it." Uh, you know, condolences to the family. I just want to talk about music. That never happened. You know, I think she even claimed that she has the footage from his phone. So I mean, she's welcome to put that out if that's the case, because that that just never happened. When I watched the interview, it, it felt like there's a clear intro, and then at the end, it's like, "Hey." okay, you know, hopefully we talk again, but that yeah. was the end. It didn't feel like it was like, all right, so now let's just talk about the music or... Well, you know, I mean, listen, he wasn't a prominent music artist. Yeah, yeah, Just to be Clearly. honest. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To, to be to be realistic, he was contacted about this particular situation from from the get. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to talk about your music. Oh, and we'll also throw it in. No, it's like, we're talking about this situation because as a, as a music artist, he was still very much underground and up and coming. Not to say mm -hmm. he could have not progressed into something you know, uh, substantial, but at the point he didn't really have a lot of views and really didn't have any hit songs and so forth. So the, the interview was solely based on the situation, but at no point did he say, I don't want to talk about it or, or, you know, I just want to talk about the music, condolences to the family that, that never happened. We, we, we wouldn't have cut that out and we never cut that out. And, and if anyone has that, they're welcome to put it out. Um, so, so we did the interview <clears throat> and, um, you know, I, I was a little surprised as to the approach that he took in the way that he was describing it. I could somewhat relate because when you when you get through a situation like that and you manage to walk out of a room when someone just tried to kill you, your adrenaline is going to be going for a long time. It's not, you know, that day, I remember my adrenaline was through the fucking roof. Mm. But for the weeks and months to come afterwards, you're still sort of on this like, wow, like I, I almost died and I survived. You know, so... I understood some of the bravado of, of his voice, but you know, I, if you watch the interview, I was asking him, I said, are you worried about the retaliation? And his answer was somewhat braggadocious, right? And I said, well, are you, are you considering moving away? Because I've, I've had too many interviews like this with like a FBG duck or a Mo3 where I talk about, you know, saying that, Hey, moving away is probably a good idea right now. And they always, argue with me and so forth. And once again, he said, no, I'm not moving away. And there was kind of some more bragging that that had to do with that. So, you know, we, we finished off the interview. We put it out all in one piece because there was really just one topic. I was shocked that you did that. It was like well, it was it, 30 it, minutes. It, it was only 30 minutes. It was just one topic. We didn't feel that it made sense to chop it up. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's just put it out as one piece and leave it as is. Um, it took us about, I don't know, a week, week and a half to put it together. We put it out and, um, 
I get a, a phone call from someone from, that I know from San Antonio, and he sends me this um, this news piece of a, of a young man getting killed in Houston, which is right next to San Antonio. And he said, this is BTB Savage. Because I remember earlier in the day, I noticed that the video started to just spike up in views. And yeah, I, I, I didn't crazy. know why. You know, I'm like, oh, is it? I was... First thing I thought was, oh, is someone just running some bots or something on this? You know what I mean? To try to boost up the numbers. Um, so, you know, there's a barking in the background. Yeah. It's like our neighbors. I don't know what's going on out there. We there's an old dog fight out there. Uh. Michael Vick out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, because um, I remember earlier in the day, the views started to just go, go up. And I, I didn't, I didn't know why. So when he told me that, you know, cause when the news, when he sent me the news piece, BTB Savage's name wasn't attached to it yet because the news people hadn't connected the, the person's real name and their, you know, mm -hmm. the, their rap name. So with that, him, someone who I know telling me that along with the views, I said, okay, I, this looks like it's true. So we actually broke the story in the hip hop world that BTB Savage uh, had gotten killed. But the, the first thing I did before doing that was I went to his Twitter account just to see, you know, see if he's still tweeting. And I saw the photo. You didn't see the photo before? No. Well, the, the photo. So, so that day he posted up that photo and the photo was him at the crime scene with blood all over the floor. And he's like, like showing off, his, you know, he's like showing off his watch and he's yeah, like yeah, dripped yeah. out and kind of like got his diamond teeth. And he's kind of flexing in essentially a pool of blood. Uh, and then if you look at sort of the time frame of what happened, that photo got posted and two hours later he was killed. Mm. And it was just like, I mean, artists I've interviewed have gotten, you know, have lost their life, but not that quickly. And it was just like, like I was, I was just in shock when it, when, it, when it happened. Some people took away from that situation that, yo, this is Vlad fanning the fuels and Vlad got him killed. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this happens a lot in media where... Yeah coverage of a story or giving someone a platform or an interview now the now the blame on someone else taking somebody's life becomes yeah. well nothing would have happened if you didn't put that story out and then they, they pretty much try to like dip your hand in blood to say you're the reason why this happened um i know you've seen probably people trying to say that what do you say to that i mean when you when you see situations happen that are this awful, that there's always going to be pointing at, at different directions. You know, I remember I think I think his mom even said that, you know, I purposely didn't drop the interview until one day before he got killed, as if I'm somehow in cahoots with the people who killed him. You know, what I'm saying it's actually four days. You can look, you can look at the date, but I have no idea who these guys are. Um. You know, I, I was in, I literally have no idea about any of them. I even asked, remember in the interview, I asked him, I said, do you know who, who it is? Did you tell the police or whatever? And he's like, oh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So, so he doesn't know. I don't know. I, I, I literally have no clue. Um, you know, the problem, the problem that, that happens, that's been happening is that like, you know, me, me and Yeo were talking about this the other day. 
when you look at 2000, you know, the 2000s hip hop, like, like hip hop and beef have been there since day one, since the early 80s. MC Shan, KRS-One, you know, whoever else, you could take it to, to hit them up. You know, I mean, like, for example, you know, like KRS-One said, Roxanne Shante is only good for steady fucking. That was kind of, okay, now you're talking about, yeah. you know, fucking a female MC. You know, that that was taking up a, a notch and, and the bridge is over. You know, dissing the whole Queens Bridge, that's like a step up. Uh, you know, Tupac did hit him up. You know, you, you know, that's why I fucked your wife. You know, that's another step up, right? But then Chief Keef and the Chicago guys start talking about smoking ops taking the dead ashes of your enemies and putting them in a blunt and smoking them as a sign of disrespect. And then that became a trend in like Jacksonville. You know I mean? That grew so big that the Jacksonville guys start saying it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the young and aces and, and the, the, yeah, the, the, the Julio. Disrespect and like in hip hop has constantly been it, trumped you up. Know, and, and when I saw that photo, that was once again, another step up. I've never seen that. Have you ever seen someone post a picture in the blood, standing in the blood of their enemies? No. You see what I'm saying? I've never seen that before. By the way, I was watching that interview. I feel like there's a lot more to the story. I I think he told it in a way that was entertaining. Probably was aiming for maybe a Soldier Boy-esque moment in the the sense of describing clearly a self-defense case. But, like, you know, by the way, he didn't even do the shooting, right? But His girlfriend is I didn't even know that until... We did like a, a preliminary, yeah, yeah, like a pre-interview. Okay, like, and if you notice in the interview and you see then some of the comments, I was like, oh, you know, shout out to your girl; she's the real gangster. I remember when you said that. I said that. His response was a very interesting response, which made me realize he was trying to get him to go viral because he was like, he was like, uh, yeah, yeah, but but if she didn't do it, I would have done it. You know what I mean? And and this was one of those things. So, so again, he's clearly. He's seen the views kind of go a little viral, and yeah. he posted that picture. That picture had to be old, right? Because I, I, I because he so, said yeah. in the interview he cl- the crimes the crime scene got cleaned, cleaned up. up. Yeah, so he, so he probably was, he was snapping photos probably right then and there before but, before whoever came to clean it up. Exactly, but, the police don't clean that up. You got to clean that up yourself. And that the situation he was talking about was months old. It, two, two months old. Two months old. Yeah. So he had to have taken that picture, had it for the longest. Well, probably because remember he had to go to the hospital. I yeah, mean, no, he, he, was, he was in a cast. Yeah. So that means that this happens. The, sh- the shooting happened. He went to the hospital, got a cast, got dressed, you know, put on his yeah, drip, yeah. and then returned back to the crime scene and then took photos and then posted those photos that day. In the interview, did you think it was Cap? Like, I, I no. think he's exaggerating no. a little bit. I felt it was. I was like, yo, this well, story I mean, sounds he, so crazy. He's not even, but here's the thing. He's not even claiming to be the shooter, right? I mean, well, I, I, I think thought it was trained by a lawyer. I, I think by saying that the girlfriend did the shooting, well, because think about it, his arm was broken. His girlfriend shot him in the arm. Mm-hmm. You don't shoot yourself in the arm. No, no, right? I, I think mean, that's I real. You, I mean, you may have, but I mean, like, the chances of yourself shooting yourself in the arm, slim to none. So, so the fact that he's describing it he even said his girlfriend shot him in the arm. I believe before, all, I, before I think the part him. that was sus was if these are your enemies, why do you invite them to your house to do so? Yeah. 
That's the part where I'm like, yeah. you don't invite your enemies, right? Like well, they're not your enemies until they became, you know, from from his point of view, everyone was cool, and then the dude pulled out a gun and tried to rob him. Yeah, that's, but, his, but, that's but, his story. Yeah, but, but you know something's up because you invite them to your house, yeah. and then as soon as one leaves, you get super defensive. So that's why I'm, I, that's why I look at him like, oh, you guys are beefing from the longest. Yeah, it's uh, it's a convoluted story that I'm sure is not fully expressed because you know. When we did the interview, he had no charges against him. Yeah, yeah, Right? It was a self-defense thing. Like, it was established what, what had happened. Um, you know, obviously, you don't want to tell on yourself if, if you know, if, they were, if it wasn't a song that they were doing, if it was some other business that they were doing, possibly. That's what, that's what I was thinking, yeah. too. Like, like, like we, we don't know. I don't know. He's not going to tell me. I mean, the girlfriend is not going to be on camera. You know what I'm saying? Um that becomes my next question, yeah. right? Because we've seen subsequently, I guess, the guys who are cool with the person who died, they're like, after he died, they're like, yo, Vlad, what's, you, I guess you're not interviewing him again. What about our interview? Yeah. And by the way, I, I, yeah. I don't know if people reach out to you. Yeah, no. The, people close to the girlfriend have, have reached out to me saying, saying, hey, there might be a possibility you give the girlfriend a talk. Oh, really? And I, I haven't gotten those those emails. But okay, but 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 still, now that you know that someone died, yeah. how do you treat any subsequent conversations, interviews, or p potential content you could get around this? Well, you know, I, I did the Hurricane uh, Chris interview mm -hmm. after that. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But but you have to look at the history of what I do. The no plug situation, you know, the the killing of Bankroll Fresh in self defense. All the mafia interviews. I've interviewed Sammy the Bull that killed like 13 people. Well, well, well not necessarily that because I guess this is where some people would try to draw some criticism, right? And I think it kind of goes back to the old, like even what Joe Budden was trying to get upset, back, upset about back in the day. Where it's like, okay, cool. You interview these guys. This guy died. Yeah. Are you playing or are you being just a media entity or just being a journalist if you interview the guys that, may have a different side to tell, or maybe you're just actually just instigating, maybe unknowingly, but if you offer the platform to anyone else around the situation, it's only going to be more hurt. And, and, and it's always, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always just a fine line with this because if you interview one side, you're, you're picking sides. If you interview both sides, you're instigating, right? It, this, is, this is the constant, you know, you, you can't win either way. Uh, so, so a lot of times when you interview one side, you know, for example, I, I interviewed the other side in the soldier boy situation. He's still mad at me about this to this day. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, of course he is. Yeah. yeah of course he is. Yeah. He's been ranting about it every like 15 days. Yeah. Ranting about it for years now. Um, you know, and that's, in that case, I felt like the other side had a, you know, had a right to speak. Um, you know, sometimes the other side will reach out to me and it's like, you know something, if we keep going with this, it's just going to keep escalating. It's going to keep escalating. It's mm. keep escalating. I'm just going to leave it alone. You know I mean? If someone else wants to do an interview on a different platform on this, it's a free country. They can do whatever they want. So sometimes I don't get both sides in situations like this. You know I mean? And, and think about what happened in the BTB Savage situation. The guy who allegedly killed him, who, who got arrested, did a song about the situation a month before. Mm -hmm. right. They're like a tribute song, a tribute song, and it, it appears that maybe him, him kind of bragging about it, posting the picture. He's like, you know, I'm doing something about this, right? It appears from the from the outside looking in that uh, it is 
how it appears and, and where it was done. Cause, uh, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who lived in Houston. He said that, that is not like, that's not the slums where that shooting occurred. That is a high end business area. Mm. Like with million dollar companies all around and re- high end restaurants and stuff like that. So it was just like Houston PD is not, is not going to mess around in that particular case. And yeah. And, the, the guys from the other side, allegedly, it's like, I don't know, but I remember people kept sending me all these DMs of, of dudes from the other side kind of almost bragging about the situation. And it's like, why, why would you tie yourself into a murder? Would you interview any of them? No, no. I'm, You're done with that. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. Yeah. You know, the day. But I, I don't know why with an open murder case, someone would want to do an interview about that. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, that, that's insane. I'm, I'm also very sensitive about open cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I think like the, the dudes who beat up Takashi want to do an interview, and I'm like, really? It's an open case. Yeah. Oh, they it's probably do want to do it. I, I, I don't want that to be part of, uh, you know. Yeah, what, yeah. Whatever they say is probably going to be. And also, there might be some. I personally feel with the Takashi thing, as we're switching gears a little bit, I feel like the local police are getting nudged by maybe the feds to say, hey. It's incentivized that Takashi doesn't get beat up because now it sends a message that if you cooperate, you can live a regular life. You know what I mean? It's about it, not that it happens, but <laughs> okay. No, you, you know what I'm saying, right? Like you can imagine the word "snitch" has been so it's been the scarlet letter that yeah. when you finally have someone who denies house arrest and he's like, "Oh, there's not nothing changed. I'm li- I'm living the best life ever." What that probably makes when people get locked up, they're like, "Well, hey." You don't have to be the rat that's always running and hiding in the hole. Look at Takashi. Now when he gets beat up, you know what I mean? Those conversations that's trying to convince someone to cooperate, it's like, yeah, you probably do have to go under witness protection. So I would imagine... Was Takashi offered witness protection? Yeah, he was. He turned it down. He turned it down. I mean, he couldn't have a career if he did, right? Because like they they have to control your movements. Yeah, exactly. So Uh, Yeah, I mean... So so I think they probably nudged local law enforcement like... You think? I mean, it was an assault on camera. With multiple people. They put out a tip line. Oh. If you get punched in the face walking out here, like the, the local police precinct for here won't be saying, who hit Vlad? Call this number and tell us. No, they're going to be like, yo, do you know who hit you? Could you describe it? And apparently he wasn't that helpful. He said he didn't know the guys. Yeah. So they're like, okay, all right. Well, you know, we'll try to follow up with the gym for like surveillance footage. But like right. yeah, yeah. they knows? opened up a whole tip line. They're like, yo, please <laughs> yeah. call in. If you know these guys, call yeah. in. It was a father and son too. Like like three out of the like two out of three guys was a father and son. Exactly. Which was kind of crazy. But. So <laughs> I believe the feds probably, yeah, maybe. probably nudged them, which by the way, so now you're then telling me that there's a lot of police focus on this. Well, we, is it is it the feds nudged them because of that reason, or is it just this is a very high-profile person and we're going to look bad if we don't solve this because it's so high-profile? Like, you know, Vegas PD still looks bad for not solving the Tupac crime. LAPD, you know, the Tupac murder. Mm. LAPD still looks bad for not solving the Biggie murder. You see what I'm saying? Like, sometimes it's almost just like... I would say yes and no. I just, I just listen. You know, when you open up a tip line, yeah. that's maybe you're right. I don't know. Historically, people like listen. If you're thinking about feds and state, mm-hmm. local law enforcement, they're dealing with a budget for local crimes. Right. 
the Fez has all the money in the world. This is the reason why the Fez get the, the biggest criminals, right? right. Yeah. When, 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 when a simple assault, which I believe that would be considered a simple assault. Right. Yeah. right? No, no, no one was, he exactly. wasn't that hurt. So for a simple assault, right, to be like, hey, we have a tip line, like, you know, again. Maybe you're right. Maybe right. Or, may, or maybe they yeah, just I, went, I didn't know about the tip line until you oh, mentioned yeah, Of course, there's a yeah. whole tip line. I was yeah. like, I was like, that's that's someone from the FBI calling and be like, yo, what's going on? Y'all are beating up our former cooperants. Like, this isn't a good, this is my thought, you know. And, yeah, and, it also and, depends on who you cooperate on. I mean, if you like, I'm sure everyone who snitched on Bernie Madoff didn't have to go into witness protection and yeah, you know, <laughs> worry about physical retaliation. Because if you think about it, I mean, I don't, I, don't, the- I don't know, but it seems like these guys were like Latin kings. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it yeah. seemed like they were just generally beating him up for being a snitch, not because they're friends with Trey Way or they're nine trade, you know, uh, bloods or whatever. And this was like ordered or, you know what I mean? By somebody yeah. or greenlit by somebody. This just seems like, hey, you know, we're, we live a certain type of, li- type of lifestyle where we don't like snitching. Here's a guy who's the poster boy for snitching. We're going to put hands on him and we're going to film it. So we don't really, we know we're going to get caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Because if they just did it and didn't put up the video, well, well they apparently potentially gotten away with it. Apparently, according to him, he did a couple of interviews in um, Spanish, yeah. I don't know, Spanish like channels about it. And he said, um, right before it happened, they told him, they're like, I'm going to get famous now. So, so they, they kind of know what's going Wait, why didn't you interview them though? Obviously the, it's an open case, it's an open but- case. Okay, but but but, but if it. someone is saying, "Yo, Vlad, we know we're probably gonna go get whatever," like we want to, because nah, they want I'm some good. fame off of nah, this. I'm good. I'm good because because I don't want to be known as the outlet that is is being presented in court to help people get locked up. You see mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to be that. Um, you know, well, I've had Draco the Ruler want to do an interview with me while he was still had that murder trial hanging over him and I said no. Was he incarcerated at that time? Yes. Yeah, he was in jail. Me and his manager are real cool. So, yo, Draco wants to do the interview. I said, nah, like, he's still got the murder case. He's still in jail. When he gets out, I'll do his first interview. He got out, I did his first interview. Hmm. That's what people, I think people think you're seeking out these, these, um, these situations where like, you're like, okay, what could be the most explosive, like obviously bad for y'all, good for content moments where, where it's like, you know, for whatever reason, people are obsessed with these moments that seem Mm -hmm. to have real life consequences. I don't, I don't, yeah. I I don't want things to be bad for y'all. Like that, that's not my goal. I'm not trying to hurt people. I never have, and I never will. But at the end of the day, you're allowed to tell your stories. If you don't do it on my platform, you know, there's millions of platforms that that will do it. But I try to protect people the best I can. But, you know, in the course, in in being in the interview, you're you're safe. You know what I'm saying? Once you walk out that door and you do whatever you're going to do, I I can't be responsible for that. I I don't know what you're doing. You know, I didn't tell, I I didn't say, hey, BCB Savage, you know, you know, it'd be cool. Take some more pictures and, and post them afterwards yeah like if he ran that idea by me I'd, I'd be i'd tell him it's a terrible idea you know but yeah i mean we, we try to we try to protect I mean, people you told we, we try to like, you know i mean one time we've had we, there was an interview that went up and then the person called me and said hey can you take my lawyer asked me to take that interview you know asked if you could take that interview down because it's, it's affecting an appeal that i'm working on right now because the guy was already in jail when i did the interview I said, sure, no problem. 
few months later, uh, the Justice Department reached out to me and said, we need a copy of that interview. I said, no. Mm. And they said, uh, well, They hit you with a subpoena? They said, we're going to hit you with a subpoena. We're going to put you on the stand. I said, talk to my lawyer. So I lawyered up, spent about $10,000, and they weren't able to get the subpoena. Really? You know? And it was going to... That was sort of an interesting moment because I think that it would have almost set a legal a legal precedence of how the press no works of course with, well, especially with hip hop press yeah with the hip well just the press in general with how it works with law enforcement because you're allowed to protect your sources and you ultimately own the footage we we put it up for about twenty four hours then we took it down and they're claiming like well since you put it up you need to give it to us and I'm like no I don't and it. it they started to threaten me and everything else like that. You know, I mean, the, the, the you know, the justice, you know, the I guess it was the feds, right? Uh, started like, well, you know, we'll put you on stand. And I'm like, I don't know how much of a threat you think this is, but it's not a threat. Like, you know what well, I'm saying? Well, like, like, that, like, that I, is I, a threat. Like having the feds like say, especially if you're not involved, right? You're yeah. not involved. You didn't do it on a malicious level. And yeah. also you probably have zero, like you're not tied to this dude and whatever he said. At, at all. No, no criminal. I'm, I'm not tied to any criminal activity. Yeah, Let me yeah, just yeah. put it this way. Like, I am 100% clean. I do not do crimes. I pay my taxes. Uh, you know, I, I I do things by the book. You know, I haven't always done this, but, you know, when you look at me over the last 15 years, you know, with all statutes of limitations, this is why I could talk about, you know, buying a kilo of Coke 20-something years ago and whatever else, like, but these days I'm completely clean, so I have nothing to do with it. So, so they were trying to somehow bully me in this situation, but we have, we're tied to a major law firm in New York. So it was just like our lawyers came in and they were like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna cooperate on this. And, and they're like, well, we're gonna do this. And it's like, well, you could try. And they weren't able to get the subpoena. Ultimately, he lost on appeal anyways. Mm. Nothing that we, but the interview he did was not part of that trial or that, that appeal process. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, he, he, the guy didn't even know about it until years later. Mm. You know, we just, we paid that money. And we would do that for anyone we interviewed. If anyone we interviewed somehow, if anyone tried to cease, like, you know, whatever, like we would not cooperate. We would fight it and to our best ability. The um, like we're not here. We're not, you know, as much as lies the feds, lies the police. We actually don't work with the police. We don't work with the feds, and we're very pro interviewee. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, no, protecting protecting the people that have come to our platform to the best of our ability. But at the end of the day, you can't completely protect them if they're out doing things that's you know out of our control. I would have thought that. Um Actually, it wasn't on your platform, to be honest. I think it was on his own. The whole tax stone thing happened. Yeah. And I think just like the narrative on social media was just like, well, well, well tax has some quote unquote incriminating statements that he may have said on either your platform. He um, said, I mean, tax said that he became a blood a long time ago. None of that was part of his trial. Mm. Nothing, nothing in, in tax stones, uh, uh, tax stones case or trial have anything to do with Vlad TV. This was a very specific situation that happened. And it's sad because me and his lawyer were in contact the whole time uh, during during the trial because I was concerned. Tax, tax is my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the problem that happened in that case was if you look at 
like Troy Ave and what he was doing. Like Troy Ave was using this dude's bang, this guy Banger. He was using this dude as a crash dummy. You know, what okay. I mean, he was having him beat up people he didn't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love McConan. Got beat up on stage. Yeah, when he was performing with Ray Shremmerd. It's on tape. Banger walks in, motions to him. The dude goes down. And he punched him in the face a bunch of times and then walked away. Um, a journalist got beat up. I think it might have been from Vice or some some of the sort. Can't remember. I, 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 me and that journalist had some contact. He did. He didn't deny it happened because he had written something negative about Troy Ave. Troy Ave went and got him. Yeah, got him I think up. we all heard that. And and I've talked to Troy before. I've told him I'm like, yo, I think that's when like you 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 burned a lot of bridges because even though we might not know that particular person, when people are taking out their they're taking out violence on people for opinions. Um, it gets really dicey where now people feel like, you know, you rather not cover someone than feel you have to, you have to say a certain thing, or you're going to be just supporting another person who right. was saying their own opinion or whatever the case is or thing piece. Troy, I've threatened me over text message because I wouldn't post his music. Mm. Like, yo man, you know, if you don't post my shit, yo, it's good. You have problems. You got some street problems. I remember looking at this going like, <laughs> fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? I'm not scared of Troy Ave. Like, you know what I mean? But like, it was a history of a dude who had a chip on his shoulder, suddenly got a, you know, got a little bit of a buzz in New York and got a crew of dudes that are willing to put hands on people. And, you know, listen, we, we all have that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I have people around me that can go beat someone up if I ask them to. Because mm. of everything I've done for him over the years, yeah, you know, I go, you know, but but I don't do that because it's, it's fucking stupid, and it puts yourself in a you now put yourself into a libel situation, you know, you now put yourself into criminal cases, you put yourself into worse situations. So once again, here comes Troy Ave, uh, trying to push his weight around, see someone that's been, you know saying disparaging things about him and then went to go send his man to die. Troy Ave wasn't invited to Banger's funeral. He didn't go there. Banger's family hates Troy Ave. Mm. If that's really his man and blah, blah, how come his family despises him? Explain that, right? So in that trial, the, the problem that was happening was that, I don't know what it's like in, in other, uh, in other uh, states, but in New York you cannot bring up the negative background of a victim in a murder. So Banger's background was not able to be presented to the jury. So Banger just seemed like a good kid who was a basketball player or whatever else. The jury wasn't aware of this fucked up history of leading up to a situation where, you know, I don't know what happened. I don't know who did the shooting. You know what I mean? But, but it would, it would kind of make sense. Like, I mean, me personally, if I saw a dude that had this history of beating people up on behalf of a guy who I have beef with, I'm going to protect myself as well. It, it, it appears that, that uh, Troy Ave kind of admitted that, like, you know, he, he keeps saying, at least publicly, so I could imagine he said it on the stand, or that's part of the narrative. Yeah. He said, bang, and turns back back around to him, and he winks and gives him the go-ahead to kind of Right, give him the go-ahead to go die. Yeah, so, right? Well, I, I think that's where the New York thing comes in, where because it's like, Hey, somebody could be repeatedly punch you in the face so you're about to be unconscious. If you're not allowed to have a gun, you can never use a gun. If you use that gun, everything else goes out the window. Like New York is the you have to die state. 
You know what I mean? Like you have, there is no self defense. Look, I have I have armed security in this room right mm. now. Right, right yeah. now in this room, I have armed security. I wouldn't go send him to go beat someone up. Right, he's there to defend me, to protect me. That is his only job. He has no other job. He's not a boxer. He's not a, a fucking back, backyard brawler. He's not a gangster. He is a security who's there to make sure that I don't get killed or I don't get seriously hurt. And if he has to shoot somebody, it's to protect my life. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I go see someone, like, like, like I said, like, like I remember the story about how I ran to Joe. Well, I was outside the strip club when Joe Bunn ran by and I'm with my man. Yeah, yeah. Killed someone with his bare hands. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Who I interviewed. You know, uh, my man, O, O Pressure. I could have been like, oh, go, go beat him up. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't do that. It's fucking ignorant. You know what I'm saying? But here's this dude walking past in a similar situation, right? Here's a guy that's been talking shit about me for years. Here's this guy, Joe Budden, who said, when I see Vlad, I'm going to fuck him up. And I got my lawyer money put aside when he's, you know, in case there's a lawsuit or, or in case I have to go to jail. Like Joe has been publicly, he said this on, uh, on your show. On he Everyday said, Struggle, remember? He, he, he said a bunch of times, yeah. said a bunch of times. Here is a similar situation. And I got someone with me who's a murderer, right? Snap of a finger. Get him. The I wouldn't do that. I would never, ever, 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 ever do that. Because that's putting my friend in danger, putting myself in danger. And really, the fuck? Me and Joe ain't got really got beef like that. Like, it's just words. He's talking shit. I'm talking shit. Life goes on. You know, we get views. Tax Stone and, and Troy Ave, it was just words. You see yeah. what I'm saying? It was no, just words, but and he sent his man to go die. And he has to hold that forever. I, I think there's wrong on both sides, clearly. You know, uh, you know, I think Tax bringing a weapon into that establishment. If he did that. If he did that. Yeah. You can't do that in New York. No, you can't. Like, man, I'm I'm from Jersey. Yeah. Like, like you, you have a license to have a weapon in Jersey. Yeah. But if you about to get over that bridge, you better stop playing. Right. They don't they don't allow that. And also if you're prior felon, things aren't gonna fall in your, your favor. Yeah. I think, by the way, if if he was in Florida, I think he beats the case. He's st stand your ground. Yeah, beats the case. Yo, this yo he, the, 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 the 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 you know the fuck boy who killed uh, Trayvon Martin was it? Uh, yeah, uh, um, Zimmerman. Zimmerman. Zimmerman chased this young kid down and murdered him and got stand your ground. What do you think would have happened if no, the situation was, was in Florida, where you got this guy that's beating people up over and over again, person scared for their life, and they shoot? If that's what happened, like I said, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. Me, me and Taxstone were around like like from the moment it happened to the when he actually got picked up and locked up a year oh, you had saw him passed. After? Oh yeah, it was a year past. A year like passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Tax did multiple interviews. In fact, the last interview he ever did was with me, which I never put out. You know, we we may put it out after his sentencing because once again, I'm worried that. There, you know, I've been holding on to this interview for six years because I'm worried there might be something in there that could have affected the trial or at this point could affect the sentencing because he hasn't mm. been sentenced yet. He's facing 25 years. That's a long time. Long time. Six years time served, but still 19 years left to go. It's, it's, it's very, it's very ugly. But like this whole time, I would never ask tax. I remember it happened. I called him like, yo, you good? He goes, yeah, I'm fine. Cool. 
we never, I never <clears throat> am going to speak to you about this. I'm never going to, you know, discuss it. I don't want to know. I don't want to be involved in it. That's between y'all. You seem to be out. I think you're good. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's the end of that. But unfortunately in that trial, what, what happened was because, because I, I spoke to someone close to the case who spoke to one of the jury members and I guess Tax had a phone in jail mm. in Rikers and he got too comfortable with that phone and they managed to find some either audio or I think it's text messages or discord or, or, or something messages where he's talking about the case. Mm. He's talking about what happened and that got presented to the jury. And that was too hard of a hurdle to it, get over. And I, and I think what you know, they, they even said, like, you know, Troy, I've taken the stand. People thought it was, it was all fuck shit. Anyway, there's another yeah. guy who took the stand supposedly that he would, his phone was tapped. It just kind of shows like, no, 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 no. What happened was Casanova. Yeah. 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 Two times made a phone call to some dude, to some dude who was there about, earlier. I with guess them. he said like tax tax shot his gun. Yeah, yeah. And the dude who he called had his phone tapped. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. And, and, and to me, it's just like, I mean, I've interviewed Casanova before. I mean, we know each other. Like, as someone who comes from a, a long criminal background like this, like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? Like, seriously? Like, me, no, me knowing, me having, like, I have no criminal record. I would never call someone and say, oh, I just saw a crime yeah. on, on a phone. Like, you know, I would never, ever do it. The fact that, that Casanova made a phone call like that, which ultimately got recorded and ultimately got played to the jury, is just just crazy to I'm, me. I'm going to be honest, though. Like, I don't think people, people are not usually thinking their phone. Like, I'll be honest. When 6 9 got picked up, yeah, I remember talking, this is after, I talked to the guy who was the driver who ended up being a cooperator, yeah, which was the, so the, interesting. The Spanish By the way, guy, I was talking yeah. to him before he got picked up and after, and I remember he told me, he was like, yo, 6ix9ine fired me, and I felt so bad for him. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna call him and see if I can get your job back. He was probably trying to get his job back to inform more. But anyway, <laughs> I'm talking to this guy, right? Okay, cool, so now everybody gets locked mm -hmm. up. And I remember saying, because there was this one guy that was uh, working at TMZ, me and him used to talk a lot, because, mm -hmm. like, I think people kind of know, like, 6 9 is a very astute person, whether good or bad. He'll, he's, if you punch 6 9 right now, he'll be the first to tell the media. You won't be the first. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he knows, get in front, get out yeah, in, front of it, in front of it, and you yeah, can yeah, control it. He posted it pictures of himself of after course, he Of course, like, yeah, clearly, right? So th that's really smart, by the way, because that's actually, you get to kind of control the narrative. Like, he, he had the wherewithal to video while he's in the hospital and using a music video. Like, come on, who does that, right? So anyway, I remember talking to this TMZ guy, and, you know, 6ix9ine is obviously tip this guy off about stuff that happened. Mm -hmm. If anything ever happened with him, he'd be like, yo, act like, remember with the LA fight, he was like, yo, yo, I just got into a fight. The TMZ cameras was recorded. Report it now. You'll be the first. And like, he's savvy like that. But I remember after he got locked up, I remember talking to this TMZ journalist. I was like, yo, it's a hundred percent chance that now that we know, cause we started seeing indictments that there was wiretaps. Six times definitely on a wiretap. And also it's, a hundred percent probably likely that we are on this wiretap with him, although not talking about anything criminal, just having a random conversation. 
because he was always tapped. So again, when I was having those conversations with him, obviously, like you know, I don't do crime, or I was never like a part of anything he did, yeah. but. I'm not thinking that, hey, his phone is tapped. So I, I guess to go back to the Casanova thing, shit, maybe Casanova's probably thinking that this guy's phone's not tapped and just out of shock says this, right? Because, again, remember that same guy. I, I mean, even saying it, period, like saying it on a phone or just having conversations with the shit, it, it's, just, it's just crazy. I, I, I remember, like, you know, if you want to talk about real gangsters, yeah. right, like, 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 you know, there, there's the, you know, gangster rap, and then there's real gangsters. Yeah. So Michael Franzese, who was a mafia captain. His Very dad, interesting story. His dad, uh, Sonny Franzese, was like the second command of one of the families. And I, I remember the coldest thing that, that Michael told me, he said that his dad sat him down early and said, listen, if me and you were involved in a murder... Right after it happens, I don't know nothing about it. For the rest of our lives, what happened in that room, I don't know nothing, you don't know nothing. Don't ever ask me about no shit, don't ever conversate about me. If you bring it up, I'll, I'll look at you like you're crazy. Mm. So if you're going to do a crime or be involved in a crime or be around some crimes or have friends who are doing crimes, you need to shut the fuck up. And not say nothing ever, because situations like this happen. But that takes out the shock factor. Uh, so the, the, that whole story with the Casanova, the guy he called, right? Yeah. That guy, Casanova went to the building or went to the Urban Plaza with his girl. His girl got mad at something. His girl was leaving. That guy was like taking her home or whatever the case is. So that's the guy who they came with. So you know, some traumatic shit happens, and he's like, "Yo." He's he's thinking he's just talking to the guy they came with, trying to update him. Which you know, you know, these days, and I think we can see with wiretaps. There's like no coded way to say shit. I mean, coded, not coded. Certain things just don't even be talked about. But remember, with the Casanova case, they got him through like DMs and text messages. Oh yeah, they got him and, and, and iCloud and shit like that. Like, you know, he he gave them all the information they needed to ultimately. <laughs> Force him into a an ugly plea deal. Like he hasn't even been sentenced yet, right? He's been he's he pled to what he pled to, but ultimately he's going to do. I don't know how much time, but it, it doesn't sound like it's a slap on the wrist, unfortunately. And this is from someone who who likes Casanova, right? I have he he came in and did an interview with me through Taxstone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's his man. So I have only good intentions for all these guys, but. We all have to sit back and look and say that that, the, that these dudes unfortunately gave uh, the authorities all the information they needed. You almost didn't even need the witnesses. You know what I'm saying? Like you look at a lot of these cases, you 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 know, like I, I talked to the freeway Ricky Rosses and, and so forth like that. These guys end up getting life in prison not through self incrimination is through you know people cooperating against them oh i saw him sell a kilo of cocaine i saw him kill somebody whatever else like these guys get buried from rico charges of people you know trying to walk away from their own cases and testify against them mm -hmm. but in cases like this when you have someone's conversation admitting to it you have someone's text message admitting to it you have 
all these things. And like I said, that's what the jury said. It's like when the person themselves themselves are saying it, it's very hard to get over that in a yeah. court of law. Yeah. You know, like for example, the Tory Lanez situation. I know he's trying to appeal and everything else like that. What do you but think about that? I, 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 don't, I don't see this, you know what I mean? And, and I like, I mean, you heard that conversation between Tori and Kelsey that night. Like, I'm you know that's a jail phone. You know it's being recorded. I'm, you I'm, know I'm, you shouldn't even talk about this shit at all. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. Tori's situation is one of those situations that it looked way more favorable in Tori's um, um, side before you saw and heard things, which now you have to think that's how a trial goes, right? So we, we didn't even see, you know, Meg's on the stand who's the victim yes. bawling her eyes out, yes. right? We didn't even see that, but we get to see what they see. This is her crying in the ambulance shortly after. Yes. This is his phone call here. And you kind of, because at first I was like, I was like confused by the verdict. I'm like, what? Everything we're seeing on paper, we're, all we're looking for is right. doubt. Right. And then we, we, we hear certain things that are played. Once they hit that play button, it's like, oh shit. I mean, look, that, that case, like I said, there's the phone call to Kelsey where he's mm -hmm. basically admitting some level of guilt. Yeah, yeah in this situation. He's not being specific, but people aren't stupid. You could read between the lines of that phone call. That phone call should have never happened. Um, well, got, I, well, I think he felt that that phone call, again, I'm playing devil's advocate because there's going to be some people like, don't assume he's whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, you don't have to assume he's been convicted. Well, well but, but in, still. In a court, you know, in a court of law, right? But still, public guilty. opinion is, is kind of. He was found guilty by 12 jurors. Public Unanimously. opinion. Unanimously. Still think that there is. Of course there's public know, whatever, opinion whatever. because, because, because Tory, honestly, and I'm going to say it's just stupidly thought that if he could win on social media, that will somehow translate into a win in the courtroom, which is what he's trying to do once again. He's once again putting out, bashing the, the DA and saying, Yeah, I don't know if that'll he, work. I don't think, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think that phone call, though, in hindsight, it had to happen because put it like this okay, some shit happened. Okay, say, all right, I'm chilling with you. My gun goes off accidentally, shoots you in the leg. Yeah. Right? Say, say we might have been arguing about some other shit before, but we're not beefing. It shot you in the leg accidentally. Oh, shit, what the fuck? I'm sorry, right? Now, we, we, we get police contact. They put me in cuffs. They take you to the hospital. Right. I'm looking at, like, well, as, as long as Vlad doesn't say anything, we're good. Right, so he probably felt, yo, I gotta make this phone call to just let them know that, but yo. But it's to Kelsey, this is not to Megan. But they, you can't talk to Megan. Megan's with the police at the hospital. Right. Who's the only other person you talk to Kelsey? Where are you? She says, I'm outside the hospital. Hey, by the way, you gotta talk to her just to let you know, because they're gonna talk to you too. Yo, yo, it was a wild night, it's just crazy. Yo, we gonna make this right. You get what I mean? Ladies and gentlemen, exhibit A. <laughs> Tori Lane's it's, phone call to Kelsey immediately after the shooting. What do you think From gonna... jail, he knows it's being recorded. He's still saying this. Uh, there was an article, there was a post on the Shade Room talking about the shooting. So a random nobody who's not even verified in the comments said, uh, Kelsey shot Megan. Tori, with his verified account, responds, not true. Exhibit B, given to the given to the jury. Given to the jury. And what was Tory Lane's defense? That Kelsey shot. That Kelsey did the shooting. 
your mm. your 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 million dollar lawyers are creating a defense for you saying that you're not the shooter this girl's the shooter but here you are yourself with your instagram account you know undermining that whole defense i believe that the justice system of la county is going to try to make an example out of tory not only for bringing them to trial for also maybe posturing on social media to Which make them doing? look Which like they're doing? they're egregiously and over exerting their power, yeah. and I think the ramifications are he's probably going to face. Well, you, they say he's twenty two, but let, years, uh, yeah. let's imagine everything is run, runs concurrently. In reality, he's probably facing nine to ten if everything's run cur- concurrent because he got to get sentenced on these charges, three yes. of them, three think, three felonies. Yeah, I think he's going to probably get over five, mm-hmm. right? But I, I, I'm wondering about this whole thing about him being deported. It feels he, like... He will get deported. He feel, I, from what I've heard, he's paying through the ass for this shit. Okay, so... Like lawyer fees? The lawyer he has right now, uh, Jose Baez, yeah, yeah, yeah. who defended Casey Anthony, was being su- is being sued right now by Harvey Weinstein because he charges half a million dollars a month as a retainer. Really? 500000 a month. Oh, my God. As a retainer. No, 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 wait, wait. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. 200000 a month. Still, still a... That's a hefty fucking fee. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein paid, paid him a million dollars and is now trying to sue to get the money back. He ultimately ended up dropping him, going with a different lawyer and ended up losing ultimately anyways. But I'm saying... Tory has three lawyers. Well, no, but his main lawyer right now, because he dropped... Because David Kenner is no longer part of that team. Yeah, but then... Um, Jose George, Baez. George Medeshin, who did the trial... Okay. I think he's no, he, off he, no, of it. Yeah, he's off of it. But then it's... He's, wor- he's working with appeals. Like, every lawyer has a thing, mm-hmm. right? He's working with an appeals lawyer right now, right? That's his specialty. That's what he's going for. He's trying to get it appealed. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I'm not, in the, you know, I'm not in the legal business. I don't have any sort of connection one way or another to this. But, like, you know, you could say this, you could say that. One thing you could you could say that I think was obvious to everyone is that with Kelsey, there was definitely witness tampering going on. She didn't remember who... Her whole story on the stand changed from her initial statements. The entire statement, all the statements she gave were... Compl- suddenly, she didn't remember nothing. She didn't even remember who's paying her legal fees. Like, really? It's, it's, you don't remember who's paying for your lawyer? Really? Okay. It's okay, funny, I got it. but I'm going to be honest. I think the only way she could have really hit the best or the grand slam home run, she would have to perjure herself. Exactly. She would literally have Which to say... Which she kind of did, actually, but whatever. Well, she escaped it really well because everything defended it. She says, I don't remember I don't it happening remember. that way. You, know, you fucking remember everything. Like, 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 this is like, where they it's got just, her. It's just dumb. Like, it's just dumb. And, and the thing is, it's like people think that, like, like, this is not a jury of 12 mentally disabled people or 12, like, Tory, fan, Tory Lane's fans, right? Or hip-hop fans in general. These are all middle, middle-aged people who, you know, are taking time out of their lives. And, and you know, like, I've been... I've been in jury selections, you know, on both sides. You know what I'm saying? It's like you see the people who are involved and these are all intelligent. The people who are just oddballs get thrown off the jury list. You know what I'm saying? Anyone who was a who was a rap fan or whatever else got thrown off of that jury list. So these are all people who don't have any connection to the case. And and at the end of the day, no matter what you say and and everyone wants to argue this way or the other way, but Tony Yayo nailed it completely when he said in our interview 
in all the years that he was in the streets and all the shootings that he was involved with, he saw other people involved with, he had never, ever, ever, ever seen a single human being shoot somebody and the victim survives and is willing to take the stand and say, that person shot me and they take it to trial as opposed to taking a plea deal. That never happens. Nobody ever does that. You could say whatever it is, but when Megan said... That's the guy who shot me. Cry, 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 cry. My feet are still fucked up. You know what I'm saying? That's the guy who shot me. I have no doubt in my mind that's him. The guy over there, you know, the five foot tall guy over there is who shot me. It is almost impossible to get over that in a court of law. That Mm. every lawyer, and I'm sure Tory's lawyer said, please take a plea deal. But Tory is not someone who's done jail time before. Right. There are rumors that maybe that first lawyer who was supposedly, um, what's her name again? It was a woman. She was like a part of uh, the OJ trial in certain. Marsha Clark? No, 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 no. I can't remember. I'm, I'm forgetting her name, but, but she dropped out of the case before the trial. Hmm. And people felt like she was advising Tory to possibly take like a plea to say, hey, listen. I'm going to be honest with you. You're not going to win this. Yeah, we don't want to go to trial. Yes. So let's just take a plea and this will be good. And instead he's like, you know what? You know, I I watched one of the hitmen on on, on your channel one time say they would interview a bunch of lawyers and the lawyers would be like, all right, cool. Let's work on the plea. Like you're fired. And they said the one person that says, all right, cool, you're innocent. He's like, you're hired. I think maybe that's what it was. Like, yo. I think Tory is a little man who has never done any prison time who felt that the public was supporting him and he was just going to throw a Hail Mary. He's going to throw a Hail Mary. You know, he was even, oh, remember he like posted, oh, I want everyone to see how how powerful my God is, you know, when I win this case. He didn't win the case. So, so clearly his God wasn't all that powerful. Like at, at the end of the day, he should have taken a plea deal, but he didn't want to hear that. He didn't want to hear that. I think every plea deal came with deportation. Okay. And also. It's better than 22 years. Okay. But every plea deal also came with end of your career because. Your career is, man, listen. It, uh, it, fucking. Uh, Takashi has a career in no, fucking no, no. Cuba right he's, now. He's like, Chris Brown. Like he's a black male artist who shot one of the popular other. That's Chris Brown. N- I'm, I knew people in the music business who were all sitting back. And by the way, as things looked better for him through the press and the media, they're like, you know what? We could support this guy. Like, maybe he, maybe it's not as black and white as we think. Mm-hmm. So I think he was fighting for that, but also fighting for not... Because I think if they were like, hey, we'll give you the gun charge, and which also is a felony, by the way, yeah. but we'll give you the gun charge and you don't have to get deported and you just like go sit down for like a year or like... 364 days. I'm pretty sure he would do it, but I... No, they're probably giving him like a five-year plea deal. That'd yes, be my see, guess. He can't do that. And, and, and he's, can't thinking, do that. he's thinking Hail Mary. But but you're, when you're facing 22 years, you got to look at shit realistically. Like, you know, at, at some point, you have to just stop drinking your own Kool-Aid and look at shit realistically. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, there, there's so many cases I've heard about this where, like, people get... Offered five years, they like fuck that. They take it to trial, they blow trial, they end up doing life. Like, like, like this types of shit. Like the courts are designed for you not to go to court. 
If every single person who got arrested went to court, the courts would shut down. I think I think what's also happened is um the attempt for an appeal or a new trial doesn't have the same steam. I think there was some momentum building because of what was presented on social media, like, yo, this is here's a black guy who was, you know, possibly innocent and the system's about to railroad him and this might be a woman lying on him, you should be very present in making sure that every like every T's are crossed and every I's are dotted. And there was so much public support. Like, I, I remember streaming the thing, and it's like, at the peak, there was 72,000 people watching as the last day as the verdict was about to get delivered. Mm-hmm. And that that's so much interest where I could imagine a DA and and the that office is saying, hey, we got to make sure... No more. We're going to be embarrassed if if we were just full of shit. But we got to make sure we do this right. Mm-hmm. So now I think his attempt for an appeal, I think it's it's a fractional amount of people who are still invested. I think people are like, you yeah. know what? All right, fuck it. Well, right, because he's already found guilty. And and the thing is, people don't understand how the appeal process works. The way the appeal works is that you know, at a state level, you have the judge right who presided over this. When you, when you put in an appeal, it goes to the Supreme Court of California. And three judges that sit over this judge have to all vote and say this judge made such a grievous error that had he not allowed this, the trial could have gone a different way. Which, by the way, they're not at appeal yet. So the, the appeal's going to come next. That's what I think. Yeah. He's going to pass. They're at just motion. They're motion. They're filing the motion before before sentencing. Yeah. I think the appeal has to come, or technically, 30 days after sentencing. That's why they're pushing by the yeah, sentencing. Exactly. And they're right, motioning because, yeah, for a new trial. Yeah. But the same judge who sat in, in the trial, he has to think, right? So he has to hold himself accountable. And, right. you know, by the way, he allowed... All of these things to happen, right? He has to hold himself accountable. I, I, nice I looked at what they're saying with the appeal. It, 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 it sounded like it, it sounded frivolous, yeah. Honestly, to me, and like I said, I, I don't really have you know. Me and Tori had some words over DM, but it was it was whatever. You know, what I'm saying honestly, I, I don't have any connection one way or another. I've never met Tori. I've never talked to him. We don't have any sort of problems from, from my point of view. But one of the appeal things was like. Oh, one of the pictures given to the jury with Tori had a uh, showed his gun tattoo. I mean, yeah, that's not that, that doesn't sound like a mistrial to me. You well, see what I'm saying? The, the, the like grounds, just, I think. The know, best. And, and, and hold on, let me just interrupt you real quick. Tori had a chance to take the stand, right? Yeah, that's true. Now, I understand what people say, and that is, well, it's not your job to prove that you're innocent. It's your job to prove that you're not guilty. So you don't have to take the stand. Taxone didn't take the stand. You know, uh, Tori didn't take the stand. But when I interviewed uh, Hurricane Chris, he took the stand. He said, fuck this. He said, there is no possible way for someone like myself who killed someone in self-defense, they, they were... You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you know the Hurricane Chris story, but basically yeah. he was at a gas station in Shreveport, uh, Louisiana. Somebody tried to steal his car. Yeah, like like some random dude opened his door of his car and he had like a, like a gun in his on front the, seat. Yeah, on the seat. And he, he had a gun on him and he was like, yo. Get out of my car. And get out of my car and, and, and back away. And the guy was like, yeah, I'll fuck you up. And he started reaching into his pocket. 
you know, and it turned out that in his pocket was this big piece of cement that was going to be used as a weapon, essentially. And he kept telling him, stop, like, please, please get your hands out of your pocket, move away, move away, move away. And then finally he had to shoot. But you know what I'm saying? Like he said, there is no, no matter who his lawyers were, he said, there is no way as a person who feels that he was innocent and he felt that he was acting in self-defense and his own life was in danger because there was multiple guns around and it looked like there was weapons in the person's possession and so forth, that he was, he took the stand and he said exactly what happened and the jury agreed with him and he was found not guilty of second degree murder. He was facing life in prison. Well, I, I think that's a clear cut, like, the dude is innocent, right? I think this Tory situation was a little bit more money. But because, if Tory is innocent, Tory is making these. But, but also think as about an it. innocent black man who has a six-year-old son. You might be in. All right, let's say, and this if was he was one hundred percent innocent, he should have taken the stand. Well, that's I don't think maybe he was one hundred percent innocent, right? So, so, so let's think know, about so it. There you go. I think maybe I don't know. Let's see if I'm buying into everything that's been said. Maybe he, maybe he wasn't the one. I, I thought him and. Kelsey were fighting for the gun. The gun goes off, right? Let's say he's blaming. Well, she really pressed the trigger, not me. Whatever, cool. How come, how come Megan didn't say that? Well, they're trying to do this thing where Megan also said that her back was turned. But, but here's the thing. I think what then, for him to make that claim on the stand, he has to admit to one of the crimes, which is, did you have possession? And, or and even if you plead the fifth, which he probably would have, like, hey, did you ever have the gun in your hand? Like, there's no way he could have took a stand. So, if you claim you have the gun, you have possession. Mm-hmm. If you, if, if even if your story is, hey, I didn't shoot. But, but, the but gun. he's a but he's an innocent man, according to these 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 yeah, voicemails. It, it, see, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, you can't have it both ways. Like, like you know, you're well, either but, wait, but you can't you're, use you're that. Either, you're you can't either use going that. to you're either going to take the stand and protect yourself because you're facing 22 fucking years at this point. So, if I have to take the stand and say I had the gun. And I'll take that, but I'm not going to go down for 22 years for shooting this girl because I didn't shoot her. I think it's more complicated because it's like Taxstone, though, right? Like because again, according to what like a couple of the witnesses said, mm-hmm. they're saying, "Well, we don't think none of them definitively said Taxstone didn't shoot." They're like, "Yo, right. we don't think he shot because we looked over. He got he got two things in two hands and it's not a gun. Yeah. So he got liquor in a cup, yeah. right?" Now, if he took the stand and said, yo, I was drinking my douce with my cup. I'm taking shots. And I ran. Like, if he took the stand, that maybe could help him, but also could bury him. You get what I mean? Like, again, these are people who have investigated this crime for so long. What really sunk Tory, I believe, he had a witness that the prosecution did not want to call. The only alleged eyewitness to what they're saying is the aftermath. The prosecution did not call this dude. It was a guy named Sean Kelly. The driver? No, no, Sean Kelly. Everybody, the driver didn't testify at all. Right. So Sean Kelly. That was a bit weird also. His ring camera has the shooting recorded, but apparently he goes on his balcony after the shots woke him up, and he sees the argument. Right, right. He, he was a witness. You know, actually, no, no. Actually, he sees. Yeah, he, he was a witness. The, yeah, but yeah. Here's, here's what I'm saying. And he testified that, that he saw Tory shoot the gun. That's what I'm saying. That's the. That was Tory's witness. The prosecution did not call that witness. Tory's witness, if 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 Tory's gonna call a witness, allegedly, according to the police reports, the, the Sean Kelly said the women, it was that she saw a muzzle flash coming from the woman. Yep. What happened is the day before he's supposed to testify, they put him on the witness list for Tory. Day before he's supposed to testify, 
the, the prosecutor has a meeting with, with the guy. And I'm going to be honest, what I think happened. They probably say, hey, listen, whatever you say up on that stand, we will be looking to possibly fact check it and we will perjure you. Like if you yeah. perjure yourself up there, you will be charged. Right. And he hops up on that stand, according to what Tory's father said, after that meeting. Right. The, 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 their the own same, witness. The same Tory's father who claimed that Jay-Z is the one responsible for all this, <laughs> no, right? No, Rock Nation. No, but think about this. That guy. After, with, the, with the tattooed hairline on top of it. After that Crazy. meeting, the witness walks in court. And imagine your star witness walks in court after you probably went over the story a million times with him. And he doesn't look at you at all. And he gets on the stand and he says the unthinkable, which he's never said to you. He's like, yo. So they're like, yo, so who did you see shooting? I saw the short guy shooting. What? Yeah. That sunk him. This is your own witness. Right? Yeah. Like you you wouldn't put a witness up there that would be like, hey, well, if, if say it's a theft case, it'd be like, the witness I would say, hey, no, I saw when somebody took up the the the, the, well, the box but, but, of but Cheerios. Why, why would he say that if it wasn't true? Like at the end of the day, it's like that witness, unless Tory paid him off somehow, really has no connection to either side. This is well, not this is not a Megan fan or a Tory fan. He that's why I think a, he just happened to be a neighbor. That's Who, why I think that you know, in Tory's recent thing to the DA, he said, "I'm going to expose how corrupt it was that I got, um, like you know, it's a backdoor deal." Yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. I think what he's going to say is that. Y'all did some backdoor deal to to allow an eighty minute testimony, which Kelsey said she didn't remember or was untrue to play. And also, y'all talked to my star witness, which is you. You could talk to a witness. No, no, of course, no, of course, it's no. But I think to, that to, these totally, are the totally, things totally legal. Yeah, no, no. I'm not saying it's not. I think he's gonna lean into that. Again, I just don't know if you start going at the DA. First of all, you were going at the the assistant DAs who were prosecuted. Yeah. Now you're going at the head DA right. saying his entire office is corrupt. It's corrupt, right? That's crazy. Yeah, how do you think that's going to work out? Pe people think that like you're not talking about a robot. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you're not you're not you know you're not saying the Siri is a lying bitch. You know Siri don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like I'm saying, you're talking about human beings who are just as petty as you. And unlike you, they have power, right? They have power over you. Like, why would you beef with people that could put you away for two decades? Makes no sense. It's true. Makes no sense. You're, you're beefing with people who, who you're at a, you're in jail. They have control over this and the way, the way they fight the appeal and everything else like that. Don't you think that you would probably want to go don't you think that you'd want to maybe get some sympathy from them as opposed to saying that, that these are dirtbags and liars and cheaters and they're racist and, and everything else like that. And, 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 I, and I'm going to bury them, you know, from my jail cell. It, it, it shows a lack of, of, of emotional intelligence from my point of view. Yeah. It just, it just, and, and just overall intelligence. You're not thinking about the big picture. I, I could almost assure you that Tory's lawyers did not approve what he's doing right now. Well, I could almost, I, I'll, I'll bet $1,000 right now that Tory's lawyers, when they saw that, they probably just put their head in their hands and was like, <sighs> well, all right, did he pay his bill? Yeah, let's just keep going forward with it. Well, uh, to, to that point, that's what I'm thinking. That would probably make sense if, 
if if the lawyer's not saying the whole the whole DA's office is corrupt, but you have to say the it yourself. The lawyer's not saying it, right? You know what I mean? It's we'll see though. Your two hundred thousand we'll dollar a month lawyer is not running his mouth like this, but you are the same way you've been doing from the very beginning. The way the way you've been bragging and making songs about Megan and, and showing up at her shows and you know like you know at Rolling Loud and, and all types of weird shit and, and and getting into it with people like like you, Tori's living in a in a in this make believe social media world that doesn't coincide with reality because that courtroom is reality. All the other shit, all the social media support is not. That's all make believe. You know what I mean? Just like. People think, oh, like, 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 people don't like Vlad. People think he's a snitch. Everywhere he goes, you know, like everyone hates him. Whereas the reality is, is every time I go outside, New York, LA, whatever, like people are constantly stopping me, telling me how much they love Vlad TV. You know, what I mean, that's reality. Social media is, you're the feds. Fuck you. When I see you, rah, rah, like, you know, you, I, I, some people I, I, can't I, separate the two. I think what's also happening is like. It's like, for example, Young Thug, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people be like, yo, free thug, and they think they're doing something, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that maybe the DA one night is scrolling through Instagram and be like, damn, I just seen like 40 comments of free thug. I gotta, I gotta just let this guy go. That, that probably does the opposite. Yeah. Yo, I have to make sure I legit have him for a real reason, yeah. and now I can't allow him to slip through the cracks, right? Because right. I look stupid. The more... Attention you put on right. it. I remember X, you know, X assistant Tatiana God rest. So yeah. he said, Yo, <laughs> your name got mentioned in that case. It, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, Vlad, did I ever tell you? Oh, I didn't ever tell you. The, the, that was the, the biggest waste of tax resources I've ever seen. Drake got mentioned. Uh, 600 Breezy, who I interviewed recently, got Vlad, mentioned. Somehow, some way, they had a court, uh, um, those people who serve papers, they, they sat outside my house for two months straight. Did you see them? Yes. Did you just drive past them? <laughs> Not got out of the way out. <laughs> like they try to, they came here trying to, they try to serve everywhere. And I, I looked they tried at to serve that. Drake. Yeah, I know they did. They yeah. tried to serve him at five different addresses. I looked at that and I remember thinking, this is how, like, also, when you think about taxpayer dollars, because who's paying for that? Like, think, think about the absurdity. These guys, all four of them, one, one cooperated. Mm-hmm. Their lives ultimately change over Robin for fifty thousand dollars. Right. I guarantee those process servers that was sitting outside my house is charged at least twenty five thousand daily. No, no. For I, months, no, no, Vlad. I'm oh, talking okay, about yeah, for, for months. months. Okay, yeah. For uh, months, like every single day, they just sat there every day, and you can imagine, like you know, they're just looking at it like, all right, well, you know, that we're getting paid. Yeah, it's dumb. But, but, but when you, when you yeah. think about that, they try to serve so many people. I thought about, I'm like, the resources that the court provided these guys in trying to get a fair trial probably exceeded, and I'm going to be fair, let's say $100,000. Yeah. They threw their life away for 50000 but yet the state has to subsidize them, subsidize them in trying to argue for their freedom. It's been twice as much. As twice as much. Yeah, and, and, and to make matters even crazier, if you think about it, the three guys who have been found guilty... Right, they each got fifteen thousand dollars each. The guy who cooperated got five thousand. Come on, man! <laughs> Life in prison for fifteen thousand dollars. I remember I did the math. Like, if they live another forty years, it's equivalent to like three hundred dollars a year. It, it, it's like such a a pitifully just 
Almost, it's like nothing. It's, it's as if you just literally said, hey, I don't feel like being free anymore. I'm just going to go sit in this jail cell until I die. By the way, you know why they were trying to get me in the court? They wanted to, apparently, you could introduce, like, if you're, if you're a defense attorney, you could say, instead of saying my client didn't do it because I have an alibi or these reasons that we could prove, oh, hey, look, is his DNA on the gun? Are you sure it's him? They didn't even go for that. They said, we think we know who the killer is. The killer is Drake. That's, that's, that was their whole theory. Well, no, no, no. They're, they're saying that Drake hired them to kill him over the, over the, the ex's rap beef with him. Yeah. They didn't say the killer was Drake because clearly no, no. Drake wasn't even in the area. No, no. Well, 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 they're saying the guys, in, in their way of saying don't look at these guys, or... Yeah, Drake hired them to yeah, kill Yeah, or, 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 you know, obviously they're not, not going to just admit like, oh yeah, they did do the killing, but it's like, they're charged incorrectly. The person who really is responsible for the murder is Drake, Drake because it is beef, and the people who could corroborate it are the people who are also in the music business. Academics covered it. Yeah. <laughs> so he could speak to this, yeah. that they were in this heavy beef. And um, I looked at that, I, it was such an incredibly waste, incredible waste of... Um, well, I'm surprised that the lawyer even did that like you know what i mean like, like the fact I that he's just getting money well was he a court-appointed lawyer these guys were all broke the, the, the guys they would not see this so many times if you're killing someone over over a bag of over a bag of money they, they went to court you probably don't have lawyer money they went to court about every four or five days and they would file a motion for supplemental funding to fund the defense right and every single time i watched because everything was online the, the judge says, granted, granted 10,000, granted 15,000. And they, they kind of abused it. I will say, though, in another case, the Pop Smoke situation, yeah. um, that was a little shocking to me. Four years? Yeah, four years. that's the thing about Florida. Florida's going to fry you. Yeah. Florida, you're done. Granted that this guy was a juvenile. I, th I think that's the key to it, that he was a juvenile. And I think there's probably some sentencing guidelines without that. But killing someone and getting four years is, is insane to me. Uh, I spoke to Pop Smoke like a week or so before he died. We were supposed to do an interview. You know, we had been basically talking to each other, trying to find a, a time that we were both on the same coast. Mm. And every time I would call him, I'd be in New York, he'd be in L.A., I'd call him in L.A., he'd be in New York. It kept going on and on, but he would always take my phone calls. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember I even posted my call log at one point. Um, but, yeah, four years. But, you know, you know what's going to happen? He's going to do his four years. He's going to get out. He's going to have that reputation of being a killer. And um, it probably won't go well, is my, is my guess. It probably will just not go well. What do you mean? Meaning that now you have this reputation that you have to live up to. Well, you know well, what I'm saying? Well, or, also, or you're, you know, because he, unfortunately, like Pop Smoke wasn't like a Nipsey. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, That's so, what I was going to so, say. So it's like, like. The guy who killed Nipsey, you know, shitty cuz, was like... He's getting attacked in jail. He's getting, he's, he's getting attacked in jail and stuff like that. These like, guys are ordering pizza. There's a video of uh, a picture of one of these guys with, yeah, like, Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah, Pop Smoke didn't have, you know, especially in L.A., he yeah, didn't yeah, have yeah. that type of really deep love that, like, Nipsey had. So it's kind of like, yeah, there, there's Pop Smoke fans in L.A., but they're not going to be beating these guys up and stuff like that. I don't, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Either. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, he going to get out, and it's almost like he going to have stripes. Like, you know, he going... Maybe get a tattoo tear, and you know he gonna be that that hardcore 
22 year old gangster, you know, that comes out, you know, 21 year old gangster that comes out and he, he's a killer and everything else like that. And like, he's going to probably feel like he needs to react a certain type of way if anyone ever like pressures him or whatever else. And it, it, it probably won't work out well. I'm, you know, I'm thinking, but maybe he's going to get out and say, Hey, I'm glad I only got four years. I'm going to go get a job. Maybe <laughs> move, move to Missouri and start a family and, and put this whole horrible incident behind me. Mm. That's what I, you know, if he's listening to this right now, that's what he should do. I think that guy's going to just get from, from bad to worse. Hey, speaking of which, though, um, actually not speaking of which, this is a different related, uh, unrelated topic. Um, the complex media rankings came out. Yeah, right. I believe they have you on the list at, tell me what number, uh, nine. nine? Yeah. They have you at nine. Yeah. The list has been published. They put me at number two, Joe number one, Charlemagne number three. Yeah. I forgot who's number four. Gillian Wallow, I believe. Nori number five, I believe. Uh, I think Elliot Wilson yeah. might, Elliot, might be in the mix. Elliot was, was eight. Okay. Carisha is, I think, seven. <laughs> that, was, that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, then they had Kai Snyder. Kai Snyder was six. Hey, what yeah, do you think right, about yeah. the entire list? Um, Math Alpha was ten. Yeah. What do you think about the entire list? Your placement, um, what do you think about lists like that? Because we speak frequently yeah. about, you know, sometimes when, when we see the BT Awards or whatever, and they're, they're, they're giving out awards, even though those are not for personalities, those are for platforms, it'll be like, yo, what the hell? Like, it just doesn't match up with what reality is. Tiny desk gets like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nominated. Like NPR is getting nominated and stuff. Yeah. Did, did you feel like this had any merit to it or, or what? I mean, I felt that this was the best hip-hop-oriented media power list that I've ever seen, period. I think that almost all the major players were mentioned. You're always going to get... You can't create a list and have a unanimous you know, agreement over mm. any list. I don't care if it's your favorite mayonnaise. Like, you know, I mean, people are like, no, craft is way better. Why the fuck is it number two? Like, so when you look at the 25 people on the list, I would say that probably 20, 22 of them should be on there. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, there was a couple people on there that I didn't feel should be on there, and I'm not going to say who they are because at the end of the day, you know, I'm sure it brings a certain level of, of pride to them to be on the list and, and so forth. So I'm not going to rain on anyone's parade. Uh, I do feel like, for example, you know, Sean Cotton from Say Cheese should be on the list. Uh, the Big Facts, you know, um, see, that's sort of the problem with Big Facts, I guess, now that I look at it, it's sort of like the personalities. Yeah, the, the, um, the brand of the yeah, show yeah, seems a little bigger bit than bigger. The, yeah, I mean, because then you'd have to say it was a DJ Scream or is it. The other guy, you know, but they, what I'm they put Wallow and Gilly together. Well, yeah, see, they put so, Wallow and Gilly together. So if you, right, if, if they if put you, Wallow and Gilly together, they didn't put Nori and EFN together. Yeah, they didn't put Charlemagne and uh, Envy together. They, 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 they put they put get Angela Yee e on, but not Envy. Mm. So, so it gets it gets weird. So you're right. The fact that Gilly and Wallow got put together, I thought, sort of undermined conceptually what they were doing, right? Yeah, but I guess it's hard to separate those two. I guess well, you probably give it to Gilly. I guess he's the slightly bigger name. I guess out of the two, you know, just because you, I didn't know about Wallow until the, the podcast. I'm, I'm not sure. Wallow is fucking huge. Like, oh, is he? 
Yeah. You're right in I'm the not, bigger I'm not, name. I'm not trying to down, no, 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 downgrade no, 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 of who course. these guys are, but you know what I mean? Like, no. I, don't, I don't really talk Wallow to Wallow is the person who, uh, like, I see him, when viral moments come come about. It's like, Wallow? Yeah. Okay, so they maybe put Wallow, not Gilly. They may put Wallow at one point and Gilly at the other, but I guess they're not trying to. But then again, they separated the Breakfast Club. I guess it's not the Breakfast Club anymore. I mean, see, it gets, it gets dicey once, once you kind of go through it. But anyways, overall, listen, I don't get mentioned for shit. Ever. Like, ever. So the fact they put me in a top 10 was like, all right, that's cool. I was happy. Mm. I was happy to be on the list. People are like, oh, Vlad seems bitter that he's not in the top three. You should be, you know, people are like, oh, you should be here. That, that's cool. Like, you know, but the fact that I got mentioned at all in the top 10, I thought was pretty cool. I was, Like, I literally, as I was going through the list, I'm like, when I saw the list, the first thing I thought was like, I'm not getting mentioned at all. Oh, really? That's the first thing I thought. You know, yeah. I think they were, I think they were pretty fair. And by the way, yeah. um, to your point about uh, maybe being higher on the list, I think if it was a, it's on a platform based list, right? So like if it was more of a platform based list, um, I don't think the top five is what it is, right? Like I, I wouldn't say Joe Button wouldn't be uh, even the Joe Button Network or the Joe Button Podcast. I wouldn't say that's a top five yeah. um, media we, we, we platform. You just look at the views. You get what like, I mean? Like if you look at Joe Button's YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, it's it's not even close. I'm like five, ten times bigger. You know what I'm saying? Um, but overall, I thought it was a pretty good list. And I thought and it was nice to put, you know, Jazzy was number 25. I thought that was pretty cool because she has interviewed like the Jay-Zs and mm -hmm. some some big names. And I think that it was nice to put her on that list and, and hopefully get her motivated to keep doing it as she becomes a, a young adult. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a pretty good list. And I think it was cool because a lot of the old school radio dudes – were, were put lower down on the list, which I thought was fair. Because, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. like people like Sway, although they are legends in the game and they've been doing it since I was a kid, and, you know, this is someone who I used to listen to and everything else like that, I think in 2023, you don't see a Sway interview go anywhere. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You just don't. Yeah. And he gets some big names on his show, and yet these interviews don't really go anywhere, meaning that, you know, the, these... The other dudes have been stepping it up a lot more than Sway. And that's why he's near the bottom of the list. You see what I'm saying? So I thought that was cool as opposed to people just saying, oh, you know, Flex is a legend. You know, he should be he should be number five or something like that. It's like, nah, like Flex is a legend. But the impact he makes right now is not what like an academics is doing right now. And I thought that was fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I was just honored to even be in a conversation, which I think I have that conversation a lot. Yeah. But I think when people start looking at these lists, they use different criteria that usually exclude us. Right. So right. they're now going to be like, well, we're caring about people who are with these, these historic co corporations. When I'm yeah. like, are, are you caring about what, what's actually influencing the culture? And, and right. usually they don't give a fuck about that. So, right. And you know, I thought the write-ups are pretty, you know, and they said, Oh, you know, it, going through your feed you know you'll usually see a vlad tv clip show up and stuff like that and it's like yeah like like our shit gets out there and our shit is is in the you know is in the atmosphere and you know like i said i thought i thought it was cool man and you know and i was happy to see you on the list i was happy to see adam i thought adam was too low on the list but you know but but oh, I'm yeah, happy they, to see people. Yo, they I'm did cool. Adam dirty on that list. Hey, by the way, what do you, what do you think about uh, everything with No Jumper? It, it, it's interesting because I feel like me, you, and him, 
we've had, you know, and by the way, obviously I, I like including the fourth in, in terms of Sean Cotton and showing him some love. But I, I know us, like, I feel like we we, we all three yeah. talk maybe individually, yeah, 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 yeah. but there's like some shared communication um, right. among all of us. Um, recently, the whole thing that happened with No Jumper, a bunch of his employees kind of like leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, his strategy it's a little bit different from yours in how you do hiring or whatever the case is. He's established new personalities, people who no one ever knew and, you know, possibly taking a more of a background role, but, but he's heavily focused on them. And then now things get a little, little different where like the, some of the audience is feeling, Hey, since these guys are going to leave, we're going to leave watching this, this brand. What do you feel about everything that's going on with that? I mean, I've talked to Adam about this when it was happening. Like, I don't really, I know who these guys are, but I don't have, I mean, I've interviewed AD a long time ago, way before he was at No Jumper. That's the only person who I think I know out of the, the people who left. Um, but in general, I don't have, but I don't maintain a relationship with AD. You see mm. what I'm saying? When we see each other, we say, what's up? And we keep it moving. Uh, I wish him the best and everything else like that. Um, from what I understand, though, um, is that, a lot of these shows, although it looked a certain type of way, they weren't really financially financially uh, profitable. Yeah, yeah, and I think that a lot of these shows would have gotten, you know, and these personalities would have gotten phased out, anyways, from conversations that, that, that I've had. You know, what I'm saying so. It's sort of like from the outside, it looks like oh, the whole platform is is melting, but that's not really the case. It's like the pieces that you know. Um, you know, the, the, the people that weren't really bringing a lot of the revenue ultimately are leaving, and but the core business is still there. You know what I mean? Because you got to stand, like, Adam also makes a lot of his money through the porn shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, managing OnlyFans models mm-hmm. and doing his own porn shit and everything else like that. And I think that people forget that's where, like, a big chunk of the no-jumper revenue comes I would imagine from. that's the majority. I, I, yeah. I was also thinking this, and, I, I, you know, I've, you know, some people, because sometimes they feel I have like an interesting relationship with Adam, which, you know, mm-hmm. me and Adam, we, we've been very cool. Like, you know, yeah. we had like one little, you know, kind of flare, but other than that, we've been really cool. Like we share yeah. ideas. We try to put each other on shit. Right. And um, I was watching what he had going on because ultimately as I expand, I've always said there's a portion of what I'm going to expand to. It, it will be a version of what complex kind of ended up doing but I was very, I was unsure because I, when I walked into those complex buildings, I remember pretty much they were saying, this doesn't work. Like, that's what I found out. That doesn't work, and it's really personality-based, right? Yeah. So just hiring in mass and just mass-producing content from people that the audience isn't just, you know, tied to because of whatever, just because of the brand name doesn't sure. work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, look, like... You know, Saigon and Havoc have a podcast on Mm. Vlad TV, and we've done a few episodes. The numbers aren't huge. You know what I'm saying? We're still trying to work out what works and what doesn't. But it wasn't like, you know, when I interviewed Saigon, it got millions of views. When Saigon interviews people, it gets like 100,000 views. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, you would think, oh, Vlad TV, Saigon, the audience knows each other. It's just going to blow up just like everything else. but, But it doesn't. And it, and it takes some time to develop it and everything else like that. You know, what has worked on our platform was having interviewers behind the camera like I do, but only certain interviewers. Like, you know, I mean, you have like Sean Prez that's worked really well. Um, 
you know, Cavario, you know, uh, that does some of the street uh, interviews and stuff like that. Some of those have worked well. Some of them were okay, but it's not, it's not like when I do it, when I know, okay, when I do this, I know it's going to be a home run with this particular guest and, and so forth. But at the end of the day, it's like, you, you have to ultimately focus on what works for the business and not everything works. And you have to look at your business and segment it a certain type of way where it's like, this works and unfortunately we have to let, let, let this stuff go. <clears throat> I think the, the other problem was, and me and, me and uh, Adam talked about this, was, was this. And, and I want everyone who has platforms to pay very close attention to what I'm about to say. Whenever we've hired employees for the company, we've had them sign non-competes, okay? Meaning that if you work for Vlad TV, if you're a videographer, if you're a writer, if you're a talent coordinator, whatever else, you cannot do anything in terms of your regular job with a reasonable competitor right meaning that you can't go film interviews for vlad tv and then go film interviews for complex let's say because complex is technically a competitor even though we're in business together they're technically a competitor you can't book you can't book guests for vlad tv interviews then turn around and double dip and then book that same guest for academics mm. right not because i don't like you but because it's you're conflict using, just a conflict of interest now people say oh you're trying to keep people down or whatever else. No, I'm not. This is this is how you run a good business. You can't have a person double dipping and and, and so forth, and, and using your resources to help people that are competing against you. If they're a contractor, like a Sean Prez or a Lunell or a Cavario, they could absolutely go and do that. You know what I'm saying? Or a man Mafi who does bookings for me. You could book people for me and ten other people. That's cool. You're a contractor. You have full rights to do whatever you want. But when you're a full-time employee under my umbrella and I'm paying your taxes and I'm paying your health insurance and I'm giving you paid vacations and, you know, I'm giving you, you know, my, you know, computers to work on, you cannot do that. And we found, and we found people that have done that and they've gotten fired on the spot. Mm. Adam didn't understand that. I think he was more free flowing. He, exactly. he, he, he said didn't, he didn't have he, people even on contracts. He didn't understand that. He didn't have non-compete. So, so the, so a lot of these uh, hosts that would book guests for their own shows on no jumper, they started to book those same guests for their own YouTube channels. And as time went on, you start seeing some of the better guests get on their own YouTube channels and sort of the throwaway guests, end up on no jumper and that sets off it starts optically it starts it, looking it's not even optically is just from their point of view it's like well i'm going to get my check here anyways that's guaranteed but let me try to maximize and build a brand for and myself build that my I brand for myself and build my side hustle i don't blame a person for doing that if they're legally allowed to do that and if you don't have a non-compete you're legally allowed to do that but i think that you know and i've talked to adam about this I think that that was the fundamental mistake that he made in in this particular group of people. Had he not done that, I think things might have worked out a little bit differently. I agree. And, and, and I've said the same thing to him. I, I think at first he just felt like 
even though I saw it always ending here. Put it like this. You're giving your platform an introduction to a bunch of guys mm-hmm. who are doing podcasts for you. Yes. They go home and they do the same content. Right. With no limits, straight to the fans. Yeah. No corporate structure. Yeah. There's not, oh, hey, we got to fill a time slot there. We're just kicking it here. Yeah. The fans start saying, hey, y'all giving up the real raw shit at home. Right. Not here. Right. They're also thinking, hey, you know, if I have a hot take, I'm going to drop it when I get home. Right. I'm getting paid here anyway. Exactly. Hey, Which someone wants to cut, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. So, so now what ended up happening, I think he almost caught on too late. Right. But I'm going to be honest, like, I think those guys are good guys in the sense of, like, in, well, I think they were waiting for Adam to, to, to stop them. Yeah. And, I, I, I think at yeah. some point they were hoping that he would say, hey, I know I've never had you on contracts, but hey, listen, what you guys are doing is great, but it has to fold up under the brand. Exactly. Okay, you have your new podcast, okay? I'm okay. Maybe you own it, but like I'm gonna do all the merch for it. We control advertising. It helps what we have going here. Now it creates a universe, and I I think Adam just kind of felt like if I approach these dudes, I'm gonna just seem like a hater because yeah. the, the the fans started talking. The fans, right? They started saying, "Oh, what they do at home is better than what they're doing here." Yeah, man. Listen, and, and this and this comes with the growing pains of a new company. Like like Vlad TV is older than No Jumper you know, mm-hmm. in terms of a company. Right, so so we got our bruises and bumps and learn our mistakes early on. Adam's learning them a little bit later on, and but you know he is he will eventually learn them, you know. And and the thing is, is like you just got to understand the difference between a contractor and an employee. Like you know, what I mean, like for example, like, like my deals with like for example, like like uh, Saigon and Havoc was like, look, we we will film these pot. You know, you guys will book book your own guests. We will provide the production. We'll pay you guys to do it. We will own it. But there's no, you guys aren't employees. You guys are independent. We will own this particular podcast that you do. But if after this podcast, let's just say this podcast blows up and suddenly like Puffy comes in and offers you a million dollar deal to take the podcast over there, it's yours. I don't, I don't own it. It's cool. Run with it. No, no hard feelings. No double dipping, no nothing. Like, you know, I'll help you build it up. And, and if you feel that you could go somewhere else with it, then you can go somewhere else with it. But, they, but these are contractors. Employees don't have that type of leeway. I think and, people at No Jumper are operating. I, I've, yeah, and, you got employees acting like contractors. That's ultimately what happened from my point of view. And, and I just want to say this for all the, the guys, you know, from No Jumper that are going to be watching this. I, I wish you guys nothing but the best. I have, you know what I mean? I don't have any sort of like, like you know, you guys, I don't I don't remember anything negative said about me or, or whatever else. I, I think you guys are cool and I, and I hope you guys have a, have a career and everyone learns from this process. I'm not taking one side or another. I'm just saying you, from, from my point of view, this is what I'm seeing. By the way, um, watching that situation unfold, I, I was about to do some hiring and launch something a little bit bigger into what we plan to do this year. And I paused a bit because of watching Adam. And that's why I don't doubt Adam for that. Because again, I think you've went through your bumps and bruises. This is his bumps and bruises yeah. right here. Right? right. And just that whole thing about like contractors and employees. I remember saying to Van, like um, Van Latham, yeah. me and we talked about this before. And I say, you know, what's interesting. And he told me the same thing about TMZ. He says, when you sign on to TMZ, you can't even call in anywhere and be like, hey, th- this is something about breaking news. You're going against contract. For example, when I went into Complex, me and Joe, we were 
contracted employees. But when we, um, what we noticed is that the reason they didn't have that no compete con, uh, which by the way, obviously you can't make another podcast or a debate, right? Um, but the reason why it wasn't as stringent was that they didn't bi- they didn't introduce the world to us, which exactly. I think th- that's no, no, the big you guys, thing, you guys, right? It's, it's like yeah, aside from the Desca, you got you and Joe, yeah, yeah, yeah. two thirds of that team. And by the way, when it. the Desca was there, she couldn't go do anything else either. So like right, right. their contracts for a, you applied, you have no brand, no yeah. equity else in the world. You're gonna use our brand to come up. Any idea you have has to be run. You have to offer it to us first. We have to. We have to have first right of refusal. Yeah. Has to be a non compete, and you cannot go and do what you're doing here anywhere else as long as you're with us. Which, again, I was. Rem- I remember having a conversation with Van. I was like, "Is that draconian in in doing that these uh, uh, that way these days, or should you allow your employees? Because if it's a free for all." I don't think you could be a, a good business person no. because it's always going to be that. It's always going to be that. If you work for Google and and as you're working for Google, you're launching your own search engine on the side, you, <laughs> yeah. you think that's going to fly? Yeah, yeah. No, seriously. No, like, I'm serious. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, if you're working for Uber, you know, if, you, if you're, you know, if you're working for Tesla and, and, you know, you're working on the self-driving team and you're trying to, you, you're, you're learning on the job and then you're going home and creating a competing company that, that improves on what's happening at, you know, at Tesla like you, you really think that that they're not going to get they're not going to sue you? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? I mean, that actually happened. I think like uh, one of the guys from Google, you know, who's working on the test on the self driving thing, went over to Uber and took some of the ideas with him, and Google sued the fuck out of him, you know, and they sued Uber as well. So it's like it's it's. People like to, from the outside looking in, people like to fray, oh, you know, you're trying to stop people and you're trying to hold people back. Like, nah, like when you're an employee, the employer takes on a lot of financial responsibility. True, true. You know, with you. An employee, like an employer with a full-time employee, you paid their taxes, like part of their taxes. You're giving them paid vacation. You're giving them health benefits. You're you're giving them a job stability. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just... I can't wake up today and just fire an employee because I don't like the shirt that they're wearing. Like, like it'll it'll end up in uh, employment court, and I could potentially get sued and everything else like that. Like, there's there's lots of steps you have to take before letting an, a, a full time employee go. You you know, you, just because they're messing up, you have to work with them, and you have well, to you know, I, even if they're late. Like, you, like there's a lot that goes into finally firing somebody with cause. When it's a contractor, both parties yeah. can walk away at any time. I, but, but I think that's why. Um, I think a lot of people are the line. Like, I think most people are incentivized just to have contractors, right? Rather because you don't want to pay for someone health insurance and hey, you have these amount of you got to well, count paid time all the same. That's third. what you think, but you're not going to get the same type of loyalty from somebody when you're not doing all that. Mm, okay, you see what I'm saying? Like, like the fact that a person knows that their health insurance will go away when they leave this company. You know, especially if they have like a family and stuff like that. I mean, a lot, a lot of companies offer 401k matching. You know what I'm saying? Like, like at our company, you get free health insurance, you get free dental, you get free vision. So people who are glasses oh, like myself could go and get free glasses like once a year. You know what I'm saying? That there, there's um, all time, we're part of the ADP system. So there is like, like travel allowances that they get and discounts and, mm-hmm. and a lot goes into it. Do they get life insurance, free life insurance? Like a lot goes into it. And this is why people stay with companies for long periods of time because they offer a, a level of stability. You know what I'm saying? When everyone else, 
you know, during the pandemic, when everyone was letting everyone go and, and, and slashing their staff, Vlad TV didn't let a single person go. You know how everyone's letting people go right now as well? We haven't let a single person go. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we made sure that everyone gets paid. Even, I mean, I remember there was, you know, when we had a slow year, I didn't take a salary for a year to make sure that my employees got their salary. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This is this is what this is what happens when you own a company and when you have a because I think you figured it out along the line yeah. way further. I'm gonna be honest with you, and yeah, you don't really have a staff like like I have yeah. a staff, so so but, it's a but, different but, perspective. But but even then, like talking to Adam, I think everybody's 1099s over there, bro. I think everybody's independent contractors. I'm not sure. Well, I, well, that's what I'm assuming. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. And, and, and I'm assuming that maybe an editor or two or whatever. But, but, see, but, but, that, like, but here's the thing. You can get in trouble that way also. I remember we, we you know, at one point we had everyone, contra- you know, doing contract, you know, being contractors. And then like like one person filed for unemployment and this person said, well, I'm, I'm technically an employee. And it was like we got a warning from the employment oh, department shit. saying like, yo, like you can't have, con- you know, employees pretending to be contractors. See, I'm saying if they really are an employee, they have, and, and, there, and there's various things that goes into that. Like, for example, a contractor has to be using their own equipment. They have to set their own hours. Like, you know what I mean? They, they, they have to potentially maintain other clients, everything else like that. If you're working in an office every day using the company's equipment on a set time schedule, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. really be a contractor. Okay, you're okay. technically an employee point. and all it takes is one person to file an employment when you let him go for the whole thing to unravel and suddenly you get hit with all these fines and everything else like that. So so well, I, you got to do it right. Well, you're doing it right. I know a lot of people go into that. Of course they are. Like, I was having this and argument with people this. will eventually get busted and have to pay tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and, okay, so, so like for example, a host though, Right. If they're if they're consistently coming in, like because I had this argument with and I think his position, a guy that's had no German, his position is I'm not an employee, mm-hmm. but he has a con. Well, let me not use the word con- contract. He comes in at a set, set time to film set episodes consistently every week. And um, I think what happens is that sometimes people use the talent thing because you're on camera. Like if, if you're the guy that edited, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You have the nine to fives, but if you're the guy who comes in for three hours, right? Um, sometimes people try to operate and be like, well, it's not really an employee situation. I'm a contractor. So now you're on a 1099, Listen, you, but, you're, but, 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 but in reality, you really are you, an employee. You, you could try to sugarcoat it the way, the way you want to, but there's employment lawyers out there. Mo, Mo Ganga and people like that. It's like there's very specific rules and regulations, especially in places like California and New York. You know, when you go into Kentucky, no, like you, you could do all types of wild shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, and no one, you know, or, or Texas. It's like it's very like places like that are very pro employer. But when you go to like California, New York is very pro employee. So you got to be very careful. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? You got to be very careful. Like for example, Sean Prez is a contractor. He lives in Florida somewhere. Uh, we give him gigs to do. He he does them, on, you know, on his own time. He doesn't come into an office. He's not using our computers. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's not doing it consistently. Uh, he made, he has his own business. He does other stuff. No one's going to argue that he's an employee. He's a contractor. Yeah. yeah. But if yeah. you're coming to the office every day, set time, and you know what I'm saying, like, like you're going to get in trouble. At some point. And, you know, it won't happen when you have one or two employees. It'll happen when you have, like, ten employees. 
I always thought that with the whole no jumper situation, I, I was, you know, I don't know if I ever like spoke to him and kind of like gave him the warning that I felt was needed. I felt that he was teetering a line. And I think, you know, his revenue was going up, even though it's not his prime revenue. But Adam, he was allowing things that I felt was setting yourself up for a lawsuit. You can't have somebody get spit on camera. If, someone, if your employee gets spit on on camera, great content. If he beats someone up, which is your guest, yeah. maybe great content, I guess, if you into yeah. relationship. But that it takes one person to say, right. hey, this guy threatened me to a fight outside, which well, is all documented. Okay, so so here, here's an example, right? Me, me and Yayo talked about this, right? When the BTB Savage thing happened, uh, Ben Zeno tweeted, oh, the curse of Vlad TV. I'm never going back on that platform again. To me, that was interesting because about a year ago, uh, Sean Prez and, and Ben Zeno were doing regular interviews, right? And the two of them were actually a good combination and it was doing good numbers and everything else like that. And we were paying Ben Zeno to do the interviews. When, you know, like when we pay people, these aren't drug deals. Like, you know what I mean? You don't come in and we give you a bunch of cash and, and, and a brown paper bag. Like, you know, you have to submit an invoice gotta have you have your uh, w9 and then we, you go through the process and you get paid like we've paid millions of dollars to to, to talent and, and you know employees and stuff like that like like this is a big operation uh, when, when Benzino didn't get his money like fast enough he started to threaten you know one of my female employees mm. and that was that this is why you haven't seen Benzino back on Vlad TV and you never will I can't have one of my you know, interviewees threaten one of my employees and continue to work with that person. Mm. Yeah. He blacklisted himself. And it was over a minuscule amount of money. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was like, you, I was really just scratching my head going like, like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Like, like this makes no sense. Like, like we're going to pay you. Like, like Sean is telling you that they're going to pay you. Just give it another day or so. Like, you're bugging right now. But, but he started to threaten the woman who was in charge of paying people. And she reported oh, yeah. to us. And she was a full-time employee. Yeah. So that was that. You're, a li you're now a liability. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you're going to tell me I'm going to have you back on and then you threaten her again. And then now it's, you know, we create a hostile work environment. Yeah. Now, right? now, now we get sued. Yeah. Now she, th that's what I was wondering. At no time. Yeah. I'm like, yo, it's no way. Like they had a culture over there where it's like, yo, two people have a disagreement. They're like, yo, yo, meet me outside right now to fight. And it's on camera. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, it's going to take one person who feels like they're being bullied and they're going to follow that mo dude. He would take it on the second. Yeah, man. Listen, I mean, Adam, Adam hasn't been through lawsuits yet. You know, oh. and, and, I, and I have. So once you go through one or two of those, you just start to act a little bit differently. You know, That's what unless, I said unless you're like a Tasha Kay who's just dumb, who continues to just shoot herself in the foot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who, who, who? I remember like she put up a video saying, I know for a fact Vlad um, works with the feds and gives them footage early because he hates black people or some shit like that. Uh, and I'm like, the fuck? Uh, that's pretty uh, libelous. Right so there. so we, I emailed her, and it's like, yo, like, we were just made aware of this. This needs to be removed. She's like, oh, you know, let, let, let's just talk. And I'm like, there's nothing to talk about. 
because you're probably going to record my phone call. <laughs> like, and, and the funny part is that my interactions, I remember when Tasha first started to like kind of get known, I reached out to her and said, hey, congratulations on your success. Like if you ever, you know, want to talk, whatever, let me know. But congrats. Like it was me. It was just like I am with you and everyone else. I'm, I'm always very kind and, and open to up and coming, you know, content creators. And, uh, and she was like, and I'm like, you know, my lawyer is CC'd and everything. And she's like, I ain't taking shit down, whatever. I said, okay, cool. And you know, my lawyer, I'm like, cool. My lawyer will handle it. And then she was like, fine. I took it down. You know, you're just attacking a woman right now. You know, I, I, I hate this shit. Like, I hate that you're attacking a woman. No, I'm attacking a liar. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it, 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 and I attack male liars the same way. Like I'm attacking a liar. You're lying about me, claiming it's a fact in the same way you're lying about fucking Cardi B and you just lost your $4 million lot. I think the appeal was still pending back then. So maybe she was feeling herself or something yeah. like that. You know, she didn't apologize to Cardi B until she lost her appeal. And it was like, yo, like, like this lying shit and this, you know, it's like, I'll get in line and sue you. I'll wait until you pay back Cardi B and then it'll be my turn to get paid. Yeah. I'm cool with that. You I got the money to do that. You don't. I don't think Cardi B ever getting paid. She, she getting paid. <laughs> well, well, I Cardi, mean, Cardi B's definitely getting paid. Do you know why? Why? Because Tasha K. Now, if Tasha K was a drug dealer, then yeah, Cardi B would never get paid. But Tasha K has a YouTube channel that generates money. What's going to happen is that Cardi B is going to attach her judgment. She's going to contact Google and attach the judgment to, to AdSense. And part of the revenue will start to go to Cardi B. Cardi B is also, I think, is in the process of actually seizing assets. Yeah. From Tasha K. She might take her house. You well, see what I'm saying? For, for, I, th I think she started doing a thing where I live in Africa now. Like, she's like, yo, I have nothing to my name. I live yeah, in Africa. Okay. I'm broke. You could try. But you know something? I mean, and that's and that's sort of like, you know, like, like for example, um, let me think how to say this because there's, there's other things. Like, for example, you look at the OJ situation, right? Yeah. OJ owns, owes millions of dollars to the Goldman family and the Brown family, as well as to his own kids, because his kids were part of that civil lawsuit. They were minors at the time. They were represented, I guess, by the grandparents. And so, so he owes money to millions of dollars to all these people. OJ can't legally make any money because he's, whatever he makes will go to that judgment. So he's basically been kind of just doing nothing and probably getting money under the table and whatever else for all these years to avoid paying back the money he owes to these people, including his kids. Which means that he's pretty much just done nothing <laughs> all for, for decades now, right? Because that lawsuit happened in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Right? 90, 90... That reminds me of the game as well. Who, 95. Who people feel like he's like shifting around assets and shit That's, like that. So, but it's like to live under that umbrella of like trying to hide money from people, meaning that you can't just do... Because if OJ was like, you know something, fuck it. I owe this money. I'm going to pay it back. I'm going to do TV shows. I'm going to do appearances. I'm going to do signings. I'm going to do interviews. I'm going to do this, do that. And, all, and I'll keep doing it. And I'll pay it back. And eventually I'll pay it back and I'll make more millions after that. Because OJ is still a very prominent figure. But in the process of trying to hide your money, you're not really making 
the money you should be making. So, so it's just a, a very lame way to live. Mm. I would never, you know, you got to put stuff in other people's names and they get sued and, you know what I'm saying? Like, and a lot of this shit, I mean, you could try to put, you know, I, I, I remember the last, the second to the last house that we rented in Calabasas, the landlord, we found out afterwards was in prison for like Medicaid fraud. Really? Yeah. It was kind of wild. He was like a doctor who basically frauded Medicaid out of millions of dollars. He went to prison. He got out. And he wasn't like, I remember he wasn't paying like the gardeners and all this other shit. And then I remember we actually got a, a, a letter from the Justice Department saying that from here on in, the rent that we're supposed to pay him now goes to them. And you have to just pay. It doesn't matter to us. Yeah, no, shit. but it's like, and I guess like I remember I talked to the to the guy in charge of this case, you yeah. know, because because I, I was like, yo, like this is crazy for us. We're just yeah. we're just renting, you know. We don't have nothing to do with this. But yeah, I, I, he was telling me how like basically, right before like he went to jail, he tried to put the house in a this house in a trust, and, and they just dissolved that shit. They're like, okay, all this is obvious. Like you know, I mean, people think that like they're being slick, but the government knows what the fuck they're doing. And when you're talking about a lot of money, you know what I'm saying? When you talk about something like a Cardi B who has a lot of money, who's willing to do the- Yeah, um, she's petty with it. She's petty with it. She's petty. And she'll she'll spend money just to make a point. And now we're talking about $4 million. And Cardi B's in the hole for illegal fees. So now she has, it's not just a point. It's just like, yo, I spent all this. You know, and I, I remember- hey, so, hey, By like, the way, like, speaking of that, yeah. I, I got sued- I guess like someone's like ambulance chasing a little bit. They're like, yeah. oh, I did this or whatever. And essentially a week after like we respond, they come back and they say, yo, here's a settlement offer. Mm-hmm. Like they really just wanted to settle, right? They're like, hey, listen, you got too much to lose, blah, blah. Yeah. My lawyer said, hey, I'm gonna give you the reality about, about this. Yeah. You could settle and we could negotiate a really, you know, you'd be able to deal with it or you could fight it. We know this is bullshit. If we fight it, according to New York law, they owe every, everything you pay to us, they owe it. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, this person doesn't have that much money. Right. But you could, if you feel like within your business, it, it could establish a precedence that you fuck with, with, with ACK. Yeah. Just like how Cardi B is trying to establish a precedent. Yeah. You fuck with me and you say something wrong about me. I will go to the very last ends to take everything you got. Yeah. And he's like, yo, listen, we're going to clearly win this lawsuit, but what you're going to have is a judgment that all your legal fees are recoupable. Yeah. And now you can go after that. Ain't that that's 50 Cent and um, Tier Marie, ain't it? Right. Like, people thought 51, no, he just, basically, according to the, the, the lawsuit, um, it was frivolous, but he's able to, Ask the court to get payback um, for his legal fees, yeah. which they said, yeah, you're granted 30000 and he's been chasing her. He doesn't give a fuck about 30000 He's been chasing her to, it, it, I don't want to call it harassment because he's, he's entitled to it, he but now it. he's making a point. No yeah. one fucks with 50 now. By the way, 50 sued, you know, 50 sued the, the place that used his picture to say he had penis enhancement, right. and he, he got- he sued, Yeah, he sued Hip Hop DX as well. I seen, did you see the Shade Room post that said, hey, we incorrectly posted something about 50 Cent 
and we apologize. Has zero comments on it, but we as a brand, blah blah. And by the way, they it, it clearly fifty price. And I'm not trying to rob you guys who are in the culture, but you clearly post some false shit. Yeah. We need a, a firm apology yeah. and an admission that it was fucking wrong. And Shade Room put that up, and, I, and I, you know what I said to I said to myself, "Don't fuck with fifty. Yeah. If you're gonna report on fifty, get yeah. cross them T's and dot them eyes. We got it wrong with fifty. We put up a guy who claimed that he was in the car when fifty got shot, and uh, he also claimed that he was like the co-president of Murder Inc. Uh, Sean Prez brought the interview, got the guy to me, and Sean Prez is legit. You know, I mean, he has a long history yeah, yeah. in the music business, uh, and also the guy had done an interview on some smaller platform about mm -hmm. this, so it seemed legitimate. And I remember fifty put up a. A screenshot of the post with the word fraudulent across. And I'm like, shit. And I remember I called Ja Rule and I'm like You called Ja Rule? Yeah. Yeah, me me and Ja have known each other forever. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call his enemy because he's the enemy's gonna be like, no, of course that guy's telling the truth. It's not but 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 we have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, it wasn't about fifty cent. It was about, hey, I we did this interview with this guy. Let me send you a picture of him. Uh, he claims he was the co-president of, of Murder, Inc. Ja Rule said, I have no idea who this guy is. Oh, shit. I called him Chris Gotti. Same thing. No idea who this guy is. So we got to take it down right away. And then, 50, and then 50 took down his his post as well. Okay. A lot of times, man, like, a lot of these problems, you know, Tasha K, she had to just take down the post. But she, she refused to do it. It's she just, operated it's just, out of ego. There was yeah, multiple seasons and this just, is saying, hey, yeah, you got this just, wrong. Yeah, just basic stupidity. Everyone can get it wrong, and, and there is certain stipulations within the media of if you get it wrong and you fix it right away, everyone just walks away and everyone's okay. It's when you basically just tell people to go fuck themselves and these people have real money is when, when the problems start to arise. Yeah. So, so it's just like, you know, just use, use your common sense. Like, unlike Katasha Kay, who seems to build, who have built, has built a business on lies, Lying about me, lying about Cardi B. Me lying, too. Lying about you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember there was this lawyer who who basically was covering that case, this uh this this black lawyer in Atlanta who was showing up to the trial for the Cardi B shit, was like, I guess Cardi caught wind of him. I mean sorry, um Tasha caught wind of him and was like, Yeah, and this guy, um, you know, this black lawyer, uh, he only dates white women. And I, and I remember watching this video with him, and I'm, I'm bringing him on, by the way. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, just to talk about general shit. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. Get shit, but, but he was just like, he was like, hey, man, no disrespect to white women. I just have never dated them before, so I don't know where, the, where she's coming up with this. You know what I mean? I just, I, you know, there's beautiful white women out there. I just, it's just not my preference. So I don't know where, where you know, she's saying he only dates white women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to call him like an Uncle Tom or a sellout or something like that. And it's just like, you're just making up shit. Like, it's like, like you're, do you, like you have Tourette's or something. Like it's mental illness. Like you just got to lie about people. I knew about, I mean, I went to school with a dude like that. They would just lie. Yes. Yeah, so some people you, lie about you, it. You ever, you know, no. you'd be like, oh, I have a Sharpay. You come over and be like, where's the Sharpay? And it's like, oh, he's at the vet. And it's like, you never see this dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just weird shit. Like, some people are just habitual liars. But you can't do that in this business. Yeah. There's ramifications. You know, we've gotten it wrong sometimes. But we fix it right away. But if we don't get it wrong, then we're going to stand our ground. Exactly, exactly. No, shoot. 
Hey, that's like, that's interesting. But like some people, they build their brands on it, which means, you know, sometimes uh, I guess it's like the, uh, it's the, it's Alex Jones factor where it's like people expect. Look what uh, happened to him. I'm wondering how his business is going to continue. It's like a billion dollar lawsuit that he lost. I'm wondering if he's ever going to pay. How how do you operate such a big business? Which by the way, like even now he's like still promoting like, yo, we have, um, we have end of times, like a, apocalyptical elixirs on the site. Yo, you ever been to his, his like bird yeah, no, site? No, yeah, yeah. He sells a, a lot of his business comes from selling like, like these supplements. No, of course. He'd be like, like, yo, if like your body will be able to, it, it, in times of like extreme famine and when the government is now putting things, I'm like, yo, yeah, this dude, yeah, we got people drinking the Kool-Aid, but shit. Hey, by the way, I heard you kind of um, mentioned the whole thing about like, you know, uh, with Elon Musk and, you know, everybody's blue badge is gone. Yeah, mine's verification. Gone. Yeah, mine's gone. Thoughts I, on I actually, I actually got to, I actually refreshed my, I remember it was there, and I refreshed my page and it was gone. I was like, whoa. Like, I got to see it disappear after like a decade of having it. Are you going to still try to get some type of verification? Uh, I mean, I may. It's not like $8 is a, a big deal. It's just, I feel that the, what's what what has happened now is that the, the verification from someone like myself was useful because you could look into the verified tab and see all the other verified people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And see what these prominent people are tweeting you. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Like I remember like, you know, but at the point where Twitter blew and anyone who's got one follower or zero followers could suddenly buy this and everything is going on to the same is all in the same tab. Like I remember me and Scott Adams were going back and forth. You know, yeah. he, remember how, you know, the whole thing about black people are a hate group and, you know, I bought a house because there was no black people in my neighborhood and I, I found that extremely offensive. So, and I knew Scott because I've interviewed him. Mm-hmm. So we started going back and forth about this. I, I remember, I didn't know that he tweeted me back for like two days until someone actually mentioned it to me. I didn't scroll, scroll and find his tweets. Because there's all types of people in there now. Yeah, because it's like, there's literally a hundred tweets of people that are just verified accounts. So I don't know. Will I buy it? I mean, I'll, I'll buy it if I find it useful. But at this point, Twitter is just not that u- as useful to me anymore. So I, I, interestingly enough, you know, I have a couple connects over there. So I, I even, I even hit them up and, and I don't know, maybe there's a way around it. If I do, I'll share it with you. Can't say, say the full plug on here, but there's gold verification. And apparently that's for like organizations and, what? you know, they have gray. The gray are supposed to be for governments. So like government okay. organizations, so the FDA, they get gray for, I don't know, let's say PayPal. PayPal will get a gold badge, right? Mm-hmm. And the regular Twitter blue is, is like the blue badge. Yeah. Currently, they have it listed that if you want the gold verification, it's $1,000 per month per organization. And then you got to pay $50 for every employee you have. You want to get gold verified as well. Uh, like, it, it, by the way, good money move by Elon. I can't knock it, but I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, um, I'm wondering how it, it saves the mystique. Where if now all the the uh, regular people who are trying to seem important purchase this thing, and the actual people who are generating attention don't, you know, it's it's like people are trying to go where the cool people are. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, like I don't, I don't like this overall direction. I'll be honest. Mark Zuckerberg is kind of following it. They yeah, I know. I know. Meta verified too. I get you. So, so it's kind of like things are going a different direction. I'm not really digging it, but 
ultimately it's not my business. It's someone else's business. So you have to, you know, you know, but you're, you're on rumble right now. Oh yeah. That's, that's people, my last thing I was going to get People giving to. you a little bit of grief over that. Yeah. I didn't know what rumble was until you were on it. And then I looked it up and I guess it's a very right wing organization and, and truth social is somehow connected. So, so truth. Okay. And so this is Donald Trump's and I've had to give people problems. a little bit of education on it. Right. So from what I know about the platform, first of all, the platform isn't Trump's platform, right? It's a truth socialist. Truth socialist. Yes. Rumble is a Canadian video site that's like over 10 years old. Yeah. What happened was that when right wing media people start getting banned, they were looking for alternatives. Apparently it's not that easy to make a video website to host your content and go live on. So they all went to Rumble. They went to a couple of places where Rumble became yeah. the main one. Yes. During the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. So people have then associated Rumble as just a right-wing platform, but there's just really a platform. Right. Now, granted, do they have, like, again, if your top content creators happen to be right-wing, right. you, you probably do know those people, too. Right. They came to me and they said, hey, listen, we're, they're a publicly traded company. They're like, hey, listen, we're trying to grow. We're trying to compete with YouTube eventually. We can't compete with YouTube. We'll compete with Twitch. No, well, really YouTube. I'm, I'm the first streamer. They've, I'm only streaming. Um, I'm the only exclusive streamer they have gotten. Okay. They have Steven Crowder, but but Crowder and um, Trump are putting up YouTube content. They also stream, but they're putting up, like, I don't have to put any YouTube content there. Okay. So they're watching the Twitch market to say, well, since we've developed streaming a part of our video content, Let's see if we can get some streamers, right? So they're trying to get these streaming people, but they're also trying to break the mold of this right-wing thing. I've been on Twitch. I, Twitch used to have, a, have me on an exclusive contract. They paid me um, tens of thousands per month if I just streamed a certain amount of hours, despite yeah. what was earned. Twitch, Twitch approached me too, but they weren't offering tens of thousands a month. <laughs> they stopped. They stopped. That, that's the thing. So it's one of those things where it's like, Twitch, Twitch's business model, imagine this, right? If, I don't know, let's make up a company. The company is going to be called, I don't know, um, Light, right? Light gives you a lucrative deal for you to drop your content exclusively mm -hmm. there. Say they pay you for a year or two, and after a year or two, they're like, hey, we're kind of out of money. We're not doing this deal anymore. Do you stay exclusively on Light, or do you're like, okay, cool, well, I'm going back on every other platform I was on. Yeah. So what happened, like, about a year and a half ago, I said... I don't have a contract with Twitch anymore. YouTube streaming, which most of my audience is on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to stream on every platform simultaneously. Yeah. Every platform. Right. So my numbers went from about like four to 5,000 consistently, concurrently, to now on every platform, right? Uh, it, it's my average is like 14,000 people. Okay. Here comes and two companies, one named Kick, one named Rumble. Okay. They're trying to compete in the live streaming space. They're like, hey, listen, we need to just get people on our site. Number one reason to get somebody to do an exclusive. Mm -hmm. Number two, for Rumble at least, they're like, hey, listen, we just need people who aren't into politics. We're trying to get into music. We want people from music, people from whatever. whatever. A simple deal. Um, it, it came down to really just contractual stuff. I was going to go with the other company. They did a really good offer with me. Um, 
it just worked out. I went with them. Everybody claimed I was down political. Like, yo, academics is right wing. I'm like, what? Yeah, and I saw a whole article about it where basically. The timing, didn't, the timing didn't help because as we go to announce, they invite me down to Florida for yeah, the UFC a, event. The Trump. Yeah, I, I figured they were somehow tied into that Trump. Picture. Yeah, yeah. So, so they have, Rumble has the exclusive license to live stream everything before pay-per-view. Right. So obviously they have TV contracts like maybe I think ESPN has one with yeah. UFC, but to live stream it online, Rumble has that contract. Mm -hmm. So they're tied in with Dana White. They're like, hey, listen, we're trying to make the biggest splash in announcing. It was me and another guy that got announced. They say, come down. We're going to have front row seats and I guarantee you're going to get some TV time. I'm with the CEO. Mm -hmm. They also tell me, not going to lie, Trump might come Dana White is is like Trump's on a fucking campaign. Somehow, randomly, not randomly, but like magically, I, I never thought seeing a president or a former president would be that easy. I thought it would be like yeah, Secret Service. And I mean, well, when he came in, like we saw some people who looked shady. I'm like, that's not what Secret Service is. They were kind of like scoping out for a while. But when he came in, it was just really quick. 20 Secret Service in front of him, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh shit, it's fucking Trump. Like, he's right here. I yeah. get a picture with him. Also, they announced me on Rumble. And now everyone's like, yo, academic signed to Trump. Trump yeah. <laughs> which was so interesting. Which, you know, um, I, I want to, I keep trying to make it clear. I am not using my platforms to spend, like, whatever even my personal political yeah. beliefs are. My platform is a hip hop platform. Well, right, because I'm, I'm the not. I remember I, I saw this. Someone wrote like a damn essay. A think about piece, you, yeah. Like a think piece about you, where it's like, what's really happening is that Rumble is manipulating uh, academics to basically take the hip hop audience and expose them to to right wing, you know, uh, thinking essentially to to put them into a right wing yeah, environment, yeah, yeah. which historically. Hip hop audience wasn't down with that, right? It, it, you know, that's so interesting with them saying that because, for example, I, I I wonder why it's not if that's false. Number one, but number two, if if anyone's ever tried to use my audience to expose them to political thinking, yeah. And I said this like I did a whole podcast like explaining it. I've been explicitly offered tens of thousands of dollars during the last political cycle from Democrats, saying, "Hey, listen." We need these things constantly put up for Biden to to, to drill the Biden, Biden, Biden. People yeah. say, no one cares about that. Like, I, I could literally say it. I'm like, I turned it down, even though in hindsight, I'm like, y'all all like Biden anyway. That was free money. Maybe I should have took it. Right. But that's the only offer I've ever gotten. You yeah. know what I mean? Shit. Yeah. To keep it real, I would have been on my Jordan shit. I would have took money from both of y'all if that was the case. But the only people who offered money then... Was was um the Democrats? But what I'm saying is that I've never gotten offered money from Republicans or whatever the case yeah. is. But when I say an actual time that people offered money for maybe political influence, everyone said, "Nah, that's not it." When I make a platform deal, right, to go stream for a limited time for a certain amount of content, they can't tell me what to say because there are right wing people over there. It, I guess, I don't know. If other people are funded by other political parties, they feel threatened and they feel like I'm trying to subvert some type of agenda, well, which yeah, I'm I, like, yo, listen, this uh, is only a platform movement. I, I know. But but what here's what ends up happening. And ultimately, we all have our own. We're all owners of our own platforms. We all make our own decisions and everything else like that. And 
and sometimes we make a, a decision based on one thing, maybe it's, it's views, streams, maybe it's money, you know, and so forth, but, but the optics of it turn into something else. You see what I'm saying? Like, for example, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing this with, the whole, with this whole Rumble deal. You know, I mean, you probably saw it to a certain degree when you interviewed Candace Owens. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Adam is going through this because he interviewed Nick Fuentes. You see, you see what I'm saying? The, the only difference I'm going to say with that is I, I feel like Adam, speaking to Adam, he's like, I'm trying to have more, not saying he's leading one way or the other, but he's trying to have more political debates. I understand. Right? That. Me, I'm not trying to have, I'm trying to do the same thing, talk about the same yeah. bullshit. Right. You know, like if I was leaning a little bit more into politics, I think it would be very much more relevant because they're like, well, if you're now leaning into politics and you're on the platform with all the right wingers, <laughs> we could kind of see where this is going. Except yeah. I'm like, no, if you thought I was political before, I guess I'm the same political now, but if you well, didn't yeah. think I was well, before. I'm saying, but, but, but this is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the optics. Like, you know what I mean? The, is Adam... Does Adam agree with Nick Fuentes being like a Nazi supporter and stuff like that? No, I hang out with Adam. I talk to him. No, he's not. He's not like that at all. But unfortunately, you, you get the optics and, and you get, you know, people run run with their own versions of it, which is why we've always been extra careful about. You know, like Candace Owens can't come to our platform. You know, what I'm saying like you, I, you, well, I think we asked you that already. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. She, she, she's she's just a putrid human being with with the right amount of. You know, what I'm saying. If if you could find a right, and I think that's where Adam was also thinking a little bit too, even with Nick Fuentes could not come to our platform. Nick Fuentes is, is wild. Like, Nick Fuentes like, I mean, Nick Fuentes is literally basically just said the only good America is white nationalist America. You know what I mean? That, that's that's. But I do think that even Adam wants, like, he's thinking, hey, if I could get the best defender of the opposite opinion in the same room with the person who is the opposite. Obviously, the content makes itself, but there, it could be an even discourse. Um, the only thing, when it gets to certain things, like people who, who like, for example, the Richard Spencer thing, like, th th this dude is definitely um, championed Nazism. Right. Right? So it's like, that guy strictly just promoted hate. Right. So it's not about getting his opinions to be balanced or pushback. You're now promoting the agenda of hate right. um, by platforming it. I think that's where it gets a little bit well, dicey. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I use kind of, you know, one of my stipulations is like, if you've been banned on every social media platform, I'm not going to put you on, you know, I'm still under these same umbrellas as these social media platforms. Like if you got banned on YouTube, I'm not going to give you an interview on my YouTube channel. You're going to get my YouTube channel banned. You know what I mean? Mm. It's sort of like, to me, it's just sort of just, you know, it's not only philosophical, but it's also business-wise at the same time. You see what I'm saying? So, like, like certain people, look, like, Andrew you know, Tate's out. He hollers at you. Yo, Vlad, I need that comeback interview on the platform. Crazy. No comment about Andrew Tate, and I'll tell you afterwards. You got to answer. Would you no consider comment. it? Pass. Pa hard, hard pass. Okay. Pass. Um... You know, but, uh, I mean, what, what's an example of this? Um, you know, for example, I have an R. Kelly interview from jail. I just heard D.L. Hughley say the same thing. I, I said it in my interview with D.L. Hughley. Oh, okay. okay. I'm, right. So you have the interview. I have the interview. I'm interviewing D.L. Hughley and telling him about the interview. Oh, okay, okay, okay. In our interview. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so, so there's, a, there's an interview. One when of, was one this of recorded? R. Kelly, 
two weeks ago. That's very interesting. Yeah. They've been tapping me to try to talk to him as well. Yeah. They've been tapping a few people in the media right. space. Yeah. Why not put it out? Because the interview, the interview that I wanted to do, they didn't want to do it. Do they, they want to do an interview about the conspiracy of, of, you know, how unfair it is. You know, basically, R. Kelly, we got on a 15-minute phone call because he only allowed 15 minutes from, from prison. It's definitely R. Kelly. I, you know, I could even play a snippet, you know, if people don't believe me. But, like, yeah, R. R. Kelly called from prison. I recorded it, you know, with his permission, of course. And, you know, basically, after asking him a couple of questions about his health, because he had, like, blood clots in his leg and, you know, he couldn't get his cast removed and some other shit, he went into, like, a 12-minute tirade about how, you know, there was a conspiracy and, you know, all this illegal stuff to put him in jail and it was unfair and, you know, blah, blah, and he wants to get that out there. And, uh, and, then, and then our 15 minutes was up. And I was just like, I'm not going to put this out, mm. you know, just because it's like, I, you know, at the end of the day, although I am a, a fan of R. Kelly, of his music, I, I do truly believe that he's a child molester. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, like R. Kelly, like I saw that tape. Like, remember that, that old tape that circulated, no, no, no. you know? So, so I guess one would say, okay, he, fair he and fine. He is a convicted child molester. Okay, but, but I guess someone would say fair and fine, but you agreed to get on the phone with him to even do an interview. Right, but the, what Why I not put it out to do, mm -hmm. they said they want to do this, and I said I don't want to do this, and then when R. Kelly got on the phone with me, he did it anyways. You see what I'm saying? Which is, I'm guessing, um, get into conspiracy theories. Well, conspiracy theories about how he's locked up unfairly. Okay, 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 yeah. You see what I'm saying? And that wasn't, now if it was like, hey, we're going to talk about your music, and we're going to talk about your hits and, you know, maybe get into, like, your career. Okay, so, so, like so if, if it was something not around you being potentially used as a propaganda machine Correct. to try to change Correct. the narrative Correct. about what clearly happened. Correct. Okay. Exactly. And since they were trying to use my platform for that, even though I know the whole world would tune in and it would get millions of views, I, I told them, no, nah, I'm good. That makes uh, sense. I have it. I'm not going to put it out. You know, I'm, I'm talking about it and stuff like that. But, but you know, I, I really have the interview. It's on my phone right now. Um, but I just said, nah, I'm good. Because I'm not here to try to protect a child molester about being a child molester. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just not what I'm here to do. I don't, I don't agree, you know, with child molestation. I believe he really is a child molester. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I believe they, they you know, was there some conspiracies uh -huh. in the process of getting him locked up? I'm sure there was. But that could be true as well as him being a child molester could be true as well. Let me ask you this question then. In a much lesser scale, you know, obviously once you mentioned just child molester, there's such yeah. uh, um, extremes. Okay, say Tori calls you and says, hey, listen, I want to do an interview on your platform about how the corrupt the LA DA system is and the LA County DA through, you know, corruption and under backhanded deals got me here and this verdict is false. That's what I want to talk about. Would well, you do it? Well, 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 I, you know, you got to understand that with the R. Kelly interview, it was just basically him talking for like 13 minutes. You, you didn't get a chance to talk? Not really. He just talked over you? Well, it's not that he talked over you, but I just listened. 
You know what I'm saying? We we knew I knew that we were only had 15 minutes, and it was like, all right, I'll listen to what just you just more have like to a say. soliloquy, and you're like, yeah, like like I, I'm not, yeah, like it's so I, I chose <clears throat> at that moment. You know, I said, okay, this is our first time. Like it's not like I know R. Kelly. This is the first time we ever talked. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he probably didn't even know about me until you know this was all set up. So it's just like, yo, you know the way it was set up where he's just talking for 15 minutes and I was expected to put it out like that is, is um, just not, not what I'm, what my platform is about because I challenge people when, when they come to our platform, like, you know, you very rarely hear someone to come in and just, you know, like, like for example, like, you know, that we're running the interview with the two Nigerian brothers who were involved in the Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I brought up the whole gay accusation. The fact that one of them went to a a gay bathhouse with him for like three times and and everything else like that. We brought it up. We talked about it. Now they admitted to that. Huh? They got admitted to that. Well, they admit they went to the bathhouse, but they claim he's not gay. They're they're not gay. He claimed that they were just hanging out with him. And this is why I started believing Jesse again. You see like, yo, yo, sometimes you got to admit to some uncomfortable truths to get to like the point. (laughs) Bro, you gay, man. You gay, he gay, but then he lied. All right. Like, it's cool. You're like, oh, you're going to, I would look at, I would look at the dude and be like, yo, if, if you're lying about being gay, that's just like him admitting to everything else. But right, he's right. He, him saying this actually. Well, listen, I, I don't know, man. I, I've I've never been in the bedroom with him, so so I, whatever they did with each other, I don't know. But to answer your question about the Tory Lanez thing, I have been very vocal about how I feel about the Tory Lanez case. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So if Tory wants to call me and do an interview, and I'm going to challenge his various points then yeah, I would do it. But if it's just Tory, if it's the equivalent of the voicemail that that he recently put out, where he's just stating how corrupt everyone is and how, you know, using the racial aspect of him being black and, you know... Well, he's going to say, hey, listen, I can't really answer questions like that because of it's it's we we're under appeal or whatever the case is, so I just got to kind of make a statement and then we I'm could good. go talk. No, thanks. Okay, okay, no, okay. Thanks. That's interesting. No thanks. At least you're keeping the same energy, though. You're keeping the same, same energy. energy. No thanks. Now after he's been, you know, after the appeals have run out, and you know he's been sentenced, and he wants to have a serious conversation about it, and, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna have the leeway to to uh, you know to bring up. For example, like like the the you know the phone call from jail and bring up the fact that Megan is testifying and, and everything else like that. The fact that Kelsey was obviously paid, you know, not obviously, but it seems like she was paid off by Tory as well as her legal bills and stuff like that. And there's witness tampering and everything else like that. And, and, and if he wants to have a serious conversation about that, then yeah, let's do it. I'm I'm yeah. down for that, but he's not going to do that. That's a hard no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you interviewed him, you didn't you didn't push him on certain topics, but he had a pending case, so I understand why yeah, he did Yeah, it. yeah, so, so, but yeah. You, but he got to say what he had to say, yeah, he, he, and it was it was unchallenged by you. Yeah, right? but, but, but his what he was saying was, hey, listen, I want people to not convict me before we get to trial. I can't speak and I can't give the defenses that are you are going to hear. That's what he kept saying. There is going to, like, if you watch that interview, I, I, might, I should have titled it. He says, there's going to be a day where all these answers that you got or these questions you guys have will be answered. Right. But I'm right now binded by gag orders and this and right. third. Exactly. And, um, you know, like, obviously that, that has to be fair because it's kind of like even when Ebro interviewed, like, Kodak and it's like, yeah, I know the elephant in the room is, hey, did you do whatever? But the person's under indictment or whatever the case is. 
shit yeah, yeah, other than I, I probably thought, just yeah. blanketly proclaiming their innocence. Now, now granted, if, if they're willing to go into certain specifics and then yeah. not talk about others, that is where you might see the propaganda. Yeah, no, I, I, thought, out, right? I thought what Ebro did with Kodak was lame. Um, and I, I've said this before. Yeah. And I'll say it again. I, I, thought, I thought that was lame. And I thought that it was um, the fact that it was like pending cases and everything else like that was just like, you know. But look, I had uh, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson on my show. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about the whole Me Too accusations. You know what I'm saying? And Is he, the first time we talked about it? Yeah. The what? Is the first time he's talked about it? Yeah. I, I don't know if he's ever talked about that before. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, like we actually have to... You know, my, my, my YouTube members are going to be bad at me because so, we can't release the full interview because I know that part's going to get bootlegged, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. right off the bat. So we're going to have to release it chronologically. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, I mean, you need to, if I sit down with someone, I have to bring up the tough subjects and I have to, I can't just be their, their PR voice. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not anyone's PR. And you know, and this is why most PR companies don't work with me, <laughs> you yeah. know, because I don't, I don't play that game. If you're gonna, if you're going to sit down and have an interview with me, I'm going to be able to to ask the tough questions and to challenge some of your points, you know. And if I can't do that, if it's just going to be you talking for 12 minutes mm -hmm. about how everyone has conspired against you and how you're really innocent, then it's like it's tough. Nah, I'm, I'm good. You could, you could take that. There's lots of other places you could take that to. Yeah, um, my TV won't be one of them. I, I, I think some people know. Hey, listen. Like for example. Um, Boston Richie, we're going to do an interview with him. You know, he's... He was here right after my last interview with you. Oh, yeah, Remember, yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah, he yeah, showed yeah. up as yeah, I was yeah. getting ready to leave. Yeah, so yeah. he's coming back. Okay. And um, I think he's going to be in your... I, I don't want to give it the timeline away. But when, when, when he does, he's well aware that that interview, which, by the way, you know, I, I, I'm sympathetic to him. I think he's a very cool guy. Right. Um, some of these things, I don't necessarily have passionate, passionate care one way or the other, but I'm going to have to grill him a bit. I, I got to grill him for the sake of that interview being legit. Right. Like if I just get on here and be like, oh, yeah, they've been lying on you. Tell us the real story. Right. Well, we saw the footage of him actually being interrogated. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And him, was he cooperating in that video? So. That's where it gets into the nuance of cooperation, which I just don't give a fuck about caring about. But I'm gonna have to try to give a fuck about it because you know he's gonna see in his his situation. He's like, well, yeah, you have to talk to the police um, within. Re he said he wasn't charged in that situation. Um, they're investigating the death of his own friend, and he wasn't even charged for anything regarding. And also, he claims that any name he ever said were made up. He was trying to spin them, right? Which that goes into a weird place in the streets where some people are like, well, if the cops stop you and they said, yo, who was that guy you were with at blah, blah, blah building? And it was me. And you're like, oh, um, um, his name is, his name is Michael Boatwright, which is not my name, right? And you tell them a lie and they go off and search. And it's like the cops saying, which way did he go? And you're like, yo, you went that way. Like, is it the fact you told him uh, yeah. where he went? Is that the, so? It, it kind of gets into an interesting place, and then there's like two cases. I'm just, you know, I'm gonna just use the platform as, uh, and honestly, if I could have, I would have probably like rather that be like a quote unquote debate because there's a guy, I don't know if you know, 1090 Jake, he's yeah, more yeah, invested yeah, in yeah, like, yo, who's stitching versus who's not. Is Boston Richie? Because I remember like when didn't Future do like two songs with him? And he yeah, was on, yeah, he was on tour with Future. Mm -hmm. 
But then when when these allegations came came forward, he left the tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and he, he said he, he didn't want to get future. You know, like people questioning future that he yeah. had to answer for him. Right. And uh, and I think he signed a deal afterwards and stuff like that. Yeah. But like. Does he still have that buzz like he had before, or did it die down? Apparently, apparently the streets still rock with him. Like, and like his songs are like very street songs. But then it might be getting odd in the industry because you know how the industry is like, hey, I'm not gonna want to stand next to you if people are saying so. I think that's why he's probably trying to do some interviews, right? Hmm. Um, that's gonna be interesting. There are certain parts of the snitching conversation that's so great, area I don't even care about. It's like, for example, uh, I'm. I think even very soon, um, Troy Ave is going to come in. And Troy Ave, from what I've talked to him and we've talked before, he says this. Yo, I didn't snitch just like how. He says, I what I did was self-defense. And in self-defense, just like Hurricane Chris, you have to tell the police what happened yeah. when they ask you. You know what I mean? Again, now... It becomes about perspective. And again, I don't want to be the arbiter of that because number one, I'm not a street dude. Number two, that's not going to make me like or not like your music. I mean, I mean look, look, when when the day after Troy Ave took the stand, he put an Instagram post of Jay-Z on the stand. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a civil case. <laughs> Which was a civil case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to somehow connect the two. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay-Z looks at that going, like, get, get, get my name out of this fucking shit that you in right now. That it was just like, these dudes that try to, you know, insult people's intelligence, like, with, with shit like this. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, it's just sort of like trying to somehow equate yourself to a Jay-Z civil case. It's just dumb. Hey. Like, it's just fucking dumb. And, and listen, it is what it is. Like, if you're, if you're a fan of Troy Ave, cool. Like, me, I'm not, and I feel how I feel. Taxstone is my friend. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and, and and I'm not I'm not just because he's going to get that time that doesn't change the way I look at him. You know what I'm saying. Tax has always been 100 with me. He's always been uh, you know real, and and I I you know I mean like, and even like when you look at like you know Mayno who was there, you know I mean he said it flat out is that Troy Av was out there. You know Tax was chilling. He was not looking for trouble. He was hanging out for a long time before Troy Av. Showed up, Troy Ave showed up and was looking for trouble. Yeah, and, and he got into some trouble that he wasn't prepared to get into. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's how I view that situation. And no amount of Troy Ave interviews or so. I know he talks about me and he makes videos about me and puts me in songs. I don't care about none of that shit. I feel about I feel how I feel, and you know what I'm saying people like Mayno, they were there. You know that coincides with with with, with everything that I've ever seen and heard, and it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You know, until until Banger's family comes forward and says, nah, like, we love Troy Ave and we support him and he did the right thing and he has nothing to do with, with, the, with the death of our, of, our per, you know, of our relative here, I ain't trying to hear that shit. Mm. My, my mind is made up and it is what it is. And, and, and Troy can say whatever the fuck he wants to say. I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? You know, at the end of the day, Troy stays in his little house Makes his little videos. You don't see him doing shows. You don't see him out there. You don't see him at events. You, you don't see him none of that shit. He, he, you know what I mean? Because he knows he knows how he's really perceived. It's funny. Like when I, when I was one time, I just looked at one of his YouTube channels, and it's like I think he spends most of his day deleting negative <laughs> comments. Really? Yeah. Because I remember all I saw was positive comments. I'm like, 
fuck out of here. This is so unrealistic. No, I, you I, go to my YouTube channel, you see tons of negative. Everyone has negative comments. Yeah. But surprisingly, Troy Av has no negative comments on any of his Instagram posts or YouTube channels. Really? Like, okay. I got it. You spend your entire day banning people and, you know, this is how you want to spend your, the rest of your fucking life. Good for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not my business. Um, and last thing I wanted to ask you, just because I was about to do a show with them and things went left. But Charleston White? Yeah, very captivating. Yeah. Like, people are interested. Mm -hmm. um, you did one interview with them. Two. Two. Yeah. How do you, um, like... I, I, what do you think about everything? You don't rock with Charleston White anymore. No more. No. No, you don't see him covered on the site. Uh, you won't see interviews with us anymore. Um, at the end of the day, uh, when we did the first interview with him, and then, like, he was saying some really, like, racist things about Asians and stuff like that, me and him actually had a conversation. About really? this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a conversation and I was just like, yo, like like this is I don't agree with this and you know, I mean, and if you keep doing shit like this, you're ultimately gonna get your social you're gonna lose your social media platforms. Sure enough, like two weeks later he lost his YouTube channel. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, Look, like we could do another interview and we could address some of this stuff. And you know, I mean, listen, we all fly off the handle, we all make mistakes. I don't I don't feel that, you know, this is necessarily who you are because our conversations have never been like this. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So we did another interview, but then after that, he's talking about like raping Asian babies and you know what I mean? He he's talking about people's kids. He talked about Boosie's kids. He talked about Math Hoffa's kids. These are like little girls and little boys. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that to me is just disgusting. You see what I'm saying? And I understand that you're trying to be edgy and you're trying to do shit. You know, you're trying to get out there and so forth. And, you know, you have the right to defend yourself if anyone runs up on you. And I, I agree with all that. But, like, you don't have to bring kids into the fucking conversation. The kids didn't do shit. The kids don't even know. You've never even had interactions with these kids. Talk about raping. Like, he said about, like, I'll, I'll rape an Asian baby or some shit like that. Like, like it's really just, just disgusting things to say. Like, you know, like, when... Just, I, I feel the same way when, when JT was beefing with some girl on Instagram Recently, saying, yeah, yeah. yeah, said, oh, you, your baby, your baby's ugly and looks like finesse two times. It's like, like, really? You got to talk about the baby? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, that to me just shows a person's character. Like, I look at JT differently because of that. Mm. And listen, we all get foul shit. You and I have a, have a mountain of, of foul things said to us every day for for. I've been dealing with this for decades now. Every day someone says something disgusting to me. But never do I say, fuck your baby. Fuck your daughter. I'll, I'll slap your son in the face when I see him. I'll, I'll fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'll, I'll, I'll rape a child because I'm mad at you. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, like at some point you got to say, this is not okay. And I'm not going to get behind a person that's willing to say stuff like this when they get angry. You know what I mean? Like, like I fuck with Boosie. Like, my relationship with Boosie has been 100 for, like, 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, like I was one of the first people to interview him and Webby when they first got signed to Atlantic. This is, like, 2005 or something like that. You see what I'm saying? This is coming up on 20 years. You know? You talking about this man's kids who he loves. 
Me and Math Hoffa, we go back 10 years. You talk about Math Hoffa's daughter. Like, like I, I just can't support someone like that. So if you look, we don't cover Charleston White. If his name ever comes up, it's because the other person brings them up mm. and we just address it and we keep them moving. But like, yeah, all this other shit, I'm not going to do any more interviews with him. I'm not going to, you know, and, and honestly... I'm sure there's lots of other platforms that that want the views. I mean, I think Sean Cotton still rocks with them. Seems like you kind of rock with them. You know what I mean? But <laughs> you know, I, I, you just I'm, can't. Like, 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 you see what I'm saying? Like, like I, at I've what point do you draw addressing, the line? At what point do you draw the line? I've I've talked to him in addressing a lot of these things, and um, how, how how does he justify talking about people's kids? So if, if well, I'll talk about when he says and he's talking about Asians. He believes that's a character that he's playing, that he's in, he has multiple characters that he feels he's established, and one of them is hateful. And he, and, and that's a cop out. And he feels that. Unless he's schizophrenic, clinically schizophrenic. If, if you watch this, if you, well, I'm not saying he's schizophrenic, but, but he's, he's completely standing behind this character thing where he says, yo, listen, he, there is a, there is, Charleston White, then there's Chicken Shit Charlie, and then there's 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 like two more other characters, Rat, Rat Williams, yeah, Rat something. Williams, and whatever the case is, and and and, and I've had the conversation with him about this, saying, hey, listen, you know, there's a moment where I thought his voice was kind of escalating, but and I thought it was very necessary too, because for example, for certain things like denouncing some of the Chicago stuff. Like saying, hey, listen, okay. King Von, I, I said, listen, you've been through the penitentiary system and you've seen how some yeah. of these things happen. You could, like, you're going to see from it, you're going to handle it from a perspective that if I say it, they're like, yo, bro, you never been in the streets, right? Right. And I, and I said to him, I said, that that's what I believe was your overall message in you even catching steam. You might be losing focus when you start going on individual tiffs and then you try to say, hey, I'm mad at Vlad. I'll say anything to hurt him, even things that are, Again, like privately, he's not saying that. You know what I mean? He's not saying, no, I really believe this. He's like, no, that's a character. He's saying it publicly, which is worse. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But he's blaming on the character. So I'm not even entertaining this, this fucking argument. Like, honestly, like, the, 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 that argument insults my intelligence. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're saying it. I, I'm, like, you're not in a movie. Okay, I, I, I'll like, say I, this. I, okay, if, if he did that in a movie, in a scripted movie, that's the only way I would accept that character. You're doing this on on social media. It, well, he believes it's part of his satire. I, I, I'll say this to kind of even wrap, put a bow on this. Um, I, um, without giving away too much, subsequent conversations with him, he... Maybe he feels like there. Maybe there's a too far button that he probably has realized, yes. and maybe it has happened. The show got canceled in New York, right? Weren't you doing the show? With yeah, him? yeah. That 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 shit got canceled pretty quickly. Which, by the way, he keeps to like he. I guess down south is like different from. Yo, I mean, literally, if you knew how quick that show got canceled, like it was vehement. It was like, hey, listen, within two hours, it went from. Hey, listen, um, we're kind of getting some calls from some really powerful people. Some of this conversation doesn't yeah. like he's there's a clip that he has to. Hey, I think you might have to change, change the person who you're going to have on the show to two hours later. They're like, hey, listen, we're not hosting this thing at all. Right. To an hour later, it's like, yo, hey, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. 
just even thinking that you knew you were aware of some of the stuff he was saying, we're wondering about you. Right. And I was like, whoa, exactly. wait. This is, yeah. So again, that but that's that's New York. Like we're the epicenter of not only media, but like as, as so many things going on in the world. There's so much input into it. Um, and listen, I'll just say this, right? There was a consortium early in the early days of the internet to decide what was unacceptable on a worldwide level, right? For example, I've been to Brazil before. Bestiality is legal in Brazil. I walked by like a porno store and there was like pictures of like, you know, covers with like a girl with like a dog and shit like that. Back in the day though. Huh? Like back in the day. You can't be stuck. Like I don't know. But yeah, this, this was, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, 10 years, 10, 15 years ago. I don't know. I'm saying bestiality in certain parts of the world is considered okay. If you want to fuck a dog, then go, go and fuck a dog. You know what I'm saying? The dog, the dog's fine with it. It's all good. But the one thing that's across the board that every country agreed in, agreed on, is pedophilia. Nobody's okay with the raping of children. So when your platform, your character is a child rapist, nobody's okay with this. And you can't write it off as being a character or a whatever. It's not acceptable. It's not. Does he have children? He does. So, so what, if, what if his kids got raped? He's been saying, and again, this is not a defense. I'm just repeating what his, his thing is when people say, hey, this is what you, you're saying you've done. He's like, I'm just lying. That's, that's me in character. He's like, there's no proof I did it. And, and he's been saying that for a while, which, which, which you know, obviously, I, like, I, I, I think I'm, no I'm one cool. would say I'm, I'm they cool. would admit like, to I'm, a I'm, murder. I, I feel you. I'm just, I, well, he, he actually did kill somebody. No, 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 but I'm using an yeah. analogy. Like, no one would basically admit to really heinous crimes. Yes. And then their justification is that you can't prove that I did it. No, I, I, you I, know what I mean? I, I got but, it. I got it. But I'm saying, like, you're promoting this type of behavior and you're getting views for it. Saying, saying like, I'll rape your daughter. Like, you know, I'll rape your son. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'll rape a baby. Who the fuck talks about raping? A, like, like, there's nothing funny about raping a baby. Because babies really do get raped. True. No, really. Like, 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 we're not talking about make-believe. We're not talking about unicorns and trolls and fucking elves. Like, we're talking about actual situations. Like, there's actually people that are in prison for raping toddlers. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, uh, there's people in my own family that, that dealt with child molestation. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's just like, to me, this is a disgusting topic. And anyone who says this out of anger shows me that this is just not the type of person I want to associate with. You see what I'm saying? So it's just like, you, you got, for me, I draw lines where I draw them. You could draw them in a different place. Adam's going to draw them somewhere else. Joe's going to draw them. At, you know, Charlemagne. Everyone's got lines that they draw and, and so forth. These are my lines. And, and at the point that he starts talking about people's kids, that's where my line got drawn, which is why you don't see Charleston White on Vlad TV. And obviously I'm giving up millions of views by, by this stance, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. I, I think, like, for example, uh, Sean Cotton, I think he looks... By the way, all these things he said on his own platform, right? He's never gotten on someone else. And I think that's where people kind of have that, which which is like, for example, if you know somebody has done some really heinous shit, yeah. 
granted, if they don't repeat that rhetoric on your 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 platform, do you just draw the line that they did some hated shit? And I think that's where everyone's kind of, you know, figuring it out where it's like, all right, if I don't platform those ideas, am I just bad to platform? Maybe he's saying some positive shit on your platform, but you know, he said negative shit on other people's platform. Do you just chalk up the entire individual as let's not platform that person at all? Or it's, it's an interesting, it's an it's, interesting it's concept. Interesting, I think everybody draws a line differently. It's an interesting concept definitely. that there's different lines. Like I, I had mentioned this before, we got offered a Kanye interview uh, a while back and uh, you know, my, my goal I agreed to do it, but what I was going to do was I was only going to talk to Kanye about music. I was going to shut down all the Hitler talk, all the Jew talk, all the, you know, Harriet Tubman, you know, slander, all the George Floyd's, you know. Uh, How would you have done that? Because, you know, he's going to go. I, I would have shut it down. And it, would and you have just edited it out? I would have, I would have probably edited it out. And if, if it looked like that was going to be. The only thing that was going to be talked about, I would have just said I'm good. Because, by the way, this has been done a bunch of times. Like, for example, with um, TMZ claims he was talking to Hitler stuff years ago. Yeah, they edited they all of that it's out. A fact. It's a they, fact, yeah. So they edited it out, yeah. and they kept the, the content that they the were down part, for people yeah. to talk about. Right? Yeah, they left the slavery part. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I, you know, I, I'm Jewish. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and argue uh, with Kanye about... Hitler being a great man and you know, <laughs> all, how Jews need to just get over it and, and just love Hitler again. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it. 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 No, and, and, you know, and, 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 you know and, and if that's, but, you know, Kanye drives his own boat. So, you know, how is that really going to work? Would it have worked? Who knows? But I figured, hey, if there's an opportunity to see, and I've interviewed Kanye before, like before Vlad TV, yeah, like really. years and years ago. So it's like, I do sort of, you know, I've dealt with him before to a certain regard. So it's like, can I pull this off? Can I not pull it off? It is still Kanye. It is still one of the biggest celebrities on earth. So for me to just turn it down altogether, you know, was probably, you know, like I had to think long and hard about it, you yeah. know, and, and that's, that was the compromise that I came up with in my own head. But I didn't think it was, you know, cause I think Nick Fuentes was the one that was actually involved in the scheduling. Not, not, and my thing was like, Unlike these other platforms, you and Nick are not going to sit together in this interview. Yeah, he was bulldozing everybody. Yeah, man. yeah, I was. I, I, I like that to me would have been just a deal breaker. It'd be like, yo, Nick, you can sit on the side if you want, but I'm not going to have the two of you on here together, laughing about how you know all Jews are evil and, and whatever the fuck else. Like, I, I was just not. I wasn't going to entertain that type of conversation. I hope we're past that era of Kanye. Um, I don't know where, where the fuck we are with Kanye. I mean, he uh, say he loves Jews now. So, oh, yeah, which, after, which, after which, watching 21 Jump Street. Yeah, right. yeah, which even that seemed just like, okay, a comedy just made me love, like, like come on now. Oh, boy. I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Kanye's in the sunken place, and he has been there for, for a while now, and it doesn't seem like he really, I guess he deactivated his, his uh, Instagram account. After that. You know, and. Um, I think he's trying to get back with, with Adidas, but is it worth it? Who knows? I, I think that's that's too far gone. I, I think Kanye doing any type of corporate deal is probably out of the question in the foreseeable future because the short-term money that's made from that deal will ultimately 
we've seen time and time again, the long-term implications become more damaging than whatever money gets made. Not all money is good money. You see what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, you know, like when you show up to Skechers and they told him to yeah. <laughs> kick him out of the building. Told him to kick him out. You know what I'm saying? Holy crap. But, you know, I mean, look, I mean, I, I go down Canal Street and there's fake Yeezys all over the place. All over the place. You know, I mean, I mean, people still wear Yeezys. I still have Yeezys. You know, I didn't, I didn't burn all my sneakers or nothing else like that. I think the, the sneakers themselves were cool. The clothes, I don't think anyone really wore. But, like, you know, the music, you know, I mean, like, he'd have a better chance trying to get his music going again than trying to work with these big corporations to try to do clothing deals. Again. Well, I think he always eases into whatever his next thing with, with music. So when you know, when some new music's coming, some new fuckers around the corner. Yeah, yeah, but the, the, the fuckery kind of went too far. above and beyond this last time and just went way over the mountain and, you know, like, yeah, I mean... The Adidas deal seems completely dead. The Gap deal is dead. The Balenciaga deal is dead. Does he still have a a record deal with Def Jam? I'm thinking he I doesn't. Have no idea, man. Yeah, I don't think he does. I have no idea. Yeah, no, yeah, he's out of that too. The stem, the stem people, you know, <laughs> they assume uh, him. Yeah, yeah. dumped him. Um, you know, I mean, look, look who's having Jonathan Majors right now. Jesus, you know. Now all these other women are now coming forward and claim and, and working with the with the district attorney. You know, to file charges and shit like that. Things could go left very quickly. You know, you saw Scott Adams lose 35 years of work in one hour. In a one-hour rant, he got dropped by every single newspaper, by his all syndication, and he lost his book deal. He had a book that was about to come out. He has a string of New York Times bestsellers. Everyone said, we don't fucking support this. You know, this whole segregation... You know, black people are a hate group. You know, get the hell away from them. Go live in an area where there's no black people like I did. Hmm. People aren't feeling this in 2023. And, and to lose 35 years of work in one hour, in one hour, and that becomes your legacy, is fucking lame. Like, it's, it's really just like, you know, and I'm a fan of Dilbert. Like, you know, I, you know, I got to interview him at his house. Like, but, you know, it just shows you how, it takes so long to build it up. Like, you know, Kanye, he's been doing it for so long. Like, I mean, when did Kanye start, like, seriously making beats and, and getting placements? Was it, like, it was the 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah, he worked, he worked on... Um, Beanie Siegel's first album. I remember I just interviewed Beanie. We talked he worked about with Jay. He worked with Jay for... No, 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 but before Jay, yeah. he, he, his first production, him and Just Blaze got introduced on Beanie Siegel's first album, mm. which was... Was it 98? Something like that? So you're talking about 25 years. It took you 25 years to get to this point, only to have it all fuck up <clears throat> over a, a Hitler fetish. Someone who in real life would have tried to kill you and would have sterilized your, your mixed children. You're kind of tweaking, man. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, Vlad, what else you got coming up, man? Uh, I love when we sit down. I got to come to your platform. Yeah. You know, I know you got a shit ton of stuff to ask me. Yeah, next time. Next time. Next time you're in L.A. or next time I come to New York. Yeah, we'll let's go do it. We'll do that. Um, I mean, uh, 
by the time this comes out, the Neil deGrasse Tyson interview is going to be running. Mm -hmm. and that was definitely like a, a win for us, you know, someone of that caliber and also someone very different than people. You know, we don't usually interview scientists, much less astrophysicists and so forth. And to really get that person's life story and, and talk about some of the, the, the harder topics that he never really gets, you know, uh, questioned about. Um, the, the Lance on Rivera interview is running right now. This was the one who got allegedly stabbed by Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's never talked about that before. Um, you know, I'm trying to think what else is, is in the pipeline. Uh, I mean, we came close to getting an OJ Simpson interview, but ultimately it just didn't work out. It yeah. was, it was really like right there, but money? There, what's that? Because of money? No, it wasn't because of money. It was the way they wanted the money. Just didn't make any business sense whatsoever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it was just like, it, it put us into too much of a, a liability situation where we could have essentially spent a ton of money and gotten nothing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah, that, that uh, didn't happen. It, it may happen, but I, I, I doubt it. Um, but yo, man, just, you know, Vlad TV is, you know, 15 years of business. We're going to keep doing big interviews. You know, we're going to, you're going to keep seeing the Boosies. You're going to keep seeing the TK Kirklands, the John Sallies, the, you know, DL Hughley is, you know, there's a new interview with him running right now. Um, you know, our, our, our basis is like these repeat guests, you know, how you say I'm the, the one that's done the most yeah, yeah. academics, you know, uh, shows, you know, it's like, that's sort of like the basis of our business. Mm. You know, I mean, like the, these repeat guests, the people that, you know, people have gotten used to and they like and, and the, the, they, you know, they have strong opinions and they're not, they're not worried about, uh, you know, telling them, um, you know, that there's lots of other interviewers on the platform. You know, like I always said, Sean Prez, Lunell, Coach PR that does a lot of our uh, sports interviews. He, he also did the new Cassidy interview. Um, Cavario, um, you know, uh, Saigon has a, has a podcast that's, you know, kind of, you know, we're sort of working it out. Um, BG Knockout just did his first podcast with LV. He's the one that did the hook on Gangster's Paradise. Mm -hmm. You know, but he's got an interesting story in and of itself. And just trying to really like, you know, I, I know I'm sort of the main talent at Vlad TV, the main draw at Vlad TV, but I would like to somehow transition out of that at some point. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd like to really have, I would love to have someone bigger than Vlad on Vlad TV. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Makes sense. Where, where it's like people are checking for this person more so than they're checking for me. That That's to me goal. is a win. Like I don't, I don't have like, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, I think the problem a lot of times in, um, you know, when, when rappers, a lot of times rappers, very few rappers could start successful labels because they want to be the star. You know what I'm saying? Want to be the main guy. They want to be the main guy. But you can't be the main guy forever. So they have problems letting the spotlight go. Like, I, I'm really trying to let the spotlight go. But it's, I know that if I don't do a lot of the big interviews, the overall business will suffer. True. So, so I'm still trying to find that big, that person that, 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 that we could really bring in-house and really do those big interviews and have those connections and everything else like that. And look, I mean, it's funny because I, um, I heard you did the interview with uh, Joe Button where he was trying to bash me for, for paying for guests. You know, you know what I'm talking about? 
Um, yeah, he was up here like three times. Uh, yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, he was just like, oh yeah, Vlad, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, Vlad has to pay for interviews, and you know, um, you know, people don't think of Vlad when they go on promo tour and stuff like that. I mean, it's funny how people will try to like try to undermine what you're really good at, or or what's actually the right thing to do, because we're making millions of dollars. I, I truly feel that we should be sharing that with the people who are helping us make those millions of dollars, you know? And Joe doesn't do 10% of the number of interviews that I do. His show is based on him and his yeah, co-hosts. Yeah. See okay. what I'm saying? He occasionally has a guest on there. So of course he's not gonna understand what the fuck I do because I do it at a much bigger level in terms of guests. Of course, of course. He does. And a lot of the guests that I do, he's not gonna be able to get them, those people on the show unless he pays. You see what I'm saying? And by the way, I think you doing that, it's changed the market. I, I would expect him to have a problem with it. It might be somebody that's doing similar stuff to you. But even then, I think it creates opportunities that might hurt other people too. Like the people who can't pay might hurt them, but there's some new channels out there that says, hey, we want to get this guest. Shit, at least we have a way to get him now. We can just pay, right? Right. And at the end of the day, it's just in media, there's been a lot of hustles that have been allowed to extend for decades and decades and decades because that's just the way it is. Interviews were always free because that's just the way it is. You get promo, but that only works when there's only a couple of platforms and you gotta go to one of these five networks to, to do that. When there's a million platforms, then you have more competition and with more competition comes people bidding and, and, and so forth. You see what I'm saying? You know, just like, you know, like our thing is that, you know, we're constantly getting approached to license content. And I just want to let all the, the content creators know out, out there, don't fall, you know, like Lifetime and, and, and Vice and, and NBC and, and Netflix and, and PBS. They're always approaching us to license content and they want to pay like, you know, a couple hundred dollars because that's the going rate. Mm -hmm. And I tell people 10,000. I don't care if you sample one second. It's going to cost you 10,000. They're like, well, that, that's ridiculous. Like, don't fucking pay it. Because they've gotten away for so long with paying the content creators pennies and then churning around and creating these projects that they're, they're, they're getting million dollar budgets for and keeping the money for themselves. True. So, so know, know your worth and know what your content is worth. It's not that couple hundred dollars. You know, when they approach you to license this shit, Know that you have a unique product. They can't go and get that themselves. You're the only game in town. So, so, so if you're going to license them and give them access to your shit in perpetuity, which is what they always ask for, make sure you get what you're really worth. Mm. You know, And that's sort of what I've been kind of doing and pushing these kind of norms around and really showing people where that, that if money's being made, multiple people should be participating in the making of this money. And don't let... Don't be guilted and don't be like, you know, beguiled into thinking, oh, well, this is just a good look. So let me just give it all away for free. Cause that's, cause someone's making millions of dollars on the mm -hmm. back end, you know, and that's, and that's sort of, you know, and over time, this is, this is really like, I feel like a lot of these concepts that I really have pushed have made sense. And, and over time, a lot of people have started to adopt these same types of concepts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, man. I feel like that was a hell of an episode. Yeah. Uh, listen, thank you to Vlad <clears throat> for coming here and always dropping some knowledge. I think we had a we, we had a great talk. Great yeah. talk this time, man. As always. Like always. As man. always. We um, never have a bad talk. Uh, listen, for everybody who's watching, uh, please make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, definitely go go ahead and get over to Spotify, hit that subscription button. Also, go check out Vlad TV. He always has some interesting interview running at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, support everybody on their socials, and hopefully, uh, by the way, nah, I'm gonna save that for your interview. What? I got, no, it's just I got like 20 more topics, and I'm like, yo, we're gonna sing here for all day. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you guys for watching uh, another episode of Off the Record Podcast. Listen, man, me and Vlad will be linking up back again on his platform, yeah. then mine again. Right. Um, I like that little uh, back and forth thing yeah. you do. And, and I just want to say this once again. You and I, I've never paid for an academics interview. Yeah. You've never paid for yeah. a Vlad TV interview because we we barter. Yeah, it, we it, just we just go back and forth. It, it, you know, it's mutual benefit. Yeah, it, it's, there's a mutual benefit. Money doesn't have to change hands with us, but. You know, if you have a platform, but if you don't have a platform and you have an important story, there's nothing wrong with getting paid for, for that story. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like it has to it has to ultimately, you know, make sense at, at a higher level where it's like, you know, in the same way that like, you know, I don't know how many times I've had artists say, hey, interview my my little artist here <laughs> and I'll, I'll give you an interview later on when I go when I do my promo run. And that shit's never worked. You know, I mean, Jadakiss pulled that with me a while really? back. Interview Jay Hood and I'll come back? It wasn't even Jay Hood. It was just some artist that we never heard of. And it was like, you know, and, and they're like, yo, Jadakiss promises he'll do this. He'll do this for you. He'll do this. We did it. And we never got a Jadakiss interview since then. Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So, so when these artists approach you for these favors, just make sure you get yours up front. Because you... This is a field where, where media outlets get played by celebrities all the time. All the time, man. You know what I'm saying? So then this is why, like, when, when, when you do these business deals, like, make sure that there's a barter involved. And this is why, like, sometimes I'm disliked in the, in the industry because it's just like, yo, like, we're either going to do business or we're not. But you're not going to sit there and sell me a dream and expect me to go chase after you after the fact. Like, you know? Yeah. So, so be business-minded. Get your business right. And, and if a person tries to guilt you into some shit, just know that they're playing you. That's, yeah. that's one thing that I've never really tolerated. That's a fact, man. Listen, business advice from Vlad. Yeah. Uh, thank you for watching, man. Tune into the next episode of Off the Record next time here on Spotify. Peace. Peace. Uh, huh? Oh. That gotta be like. How long was it?